It's time to take a dip in the pool of stupid. Yeah. This is Common Man and T-Bone. The Monster Squad. You ever hear of that movie from 1987? I, I don't remember it Group at all. Group of kids get together with like Dracula and Mummy and nothing. Not even ringing a bell. Wolfman's got nards. That doesn't ring a bell. No, no it does kick, not. They kick Wolfman. It sounds like a great line, but no, Wolfman's it does not. Wolfman's got nards. I have no idea. Never even heard of it. Okay. Featuring Panama Ted. Too hot. Leanna Ray on traffic. You know I hate you guys, right? And all the weird sounds the internet has ever made. Just want to remind everybody that it's Columbus Day. He's the only one I've ever met that can handle my junk. Stuff flaps all over the place. Does that make any sense to you? This is Common Man and T-Bone. <laughs> Happy Monday. Welcome in. Hello, Bone. Hello, man. Oh, we have a big show today. As I'm back in the basement today, <laughs> they kicked me out of the studio so they could tear it down. It feels like you're uh, less than enthused about this development. I Well, you know I like to stay in my routine, and I like to give Ted a hickey. Every single day when I come in. And that's the thing is that I'm not going to see... I haven't seen you forever. I forget what you look like. You could be Allie McBeal size by now. I have no idea. I haven't seen you. But Ted, I'm used to seeing every single day. And I'm not going to see him until probably January when the new studio is built. Right. No, that's that's about how it's going to go. And uh, yeah, you've got a, an adjustment to make here. For me, it's same old, same old. I'm just sitting where I always have been. But for you, you've been through the little roller coaster here where you've been at your house and then back to the studios and now back to your house. And then I think they're going to have you at the zoo for a little while. That's right. That that's out. right. That'll be good. I'm excited for that. By so. the way, we keep, uh, I don't think the, the four-year-old soon to be four-year-old is buying it anymore because we've been telling her that the zoo has been closed because that's her favorite place oh. is yeah. the zoo. And we have not done any of that since this began. And, you know, she would go every other week previously and yeah. now you know at the beginning of this she said you know oh, when the zoo opens can can we go see this and now she's at the point where it's like i know it's open you idiots there are a lot of cars in the parking lot i know what that means <laughs> every time we drive by i see cars so why can't i go see the gorillas and for some of you i'm sure it's perfectly fine for you to go see the gorillas we've just decided that's not something we want to do so i've come up with a new lie for that oh. What's the new lie? And that is that there are uh, poisonous snakes at the zoo on the loose, and that's why we can't go to the zoo. Oh, oh, poisonous snakes on the yeah, loose? Yeah, this is what I've decided to do in order to keep up. I, I don't know. I haven't thought it through. In order to keep up the lie, I've decided to scar her for life and send her to therapy early. I was just going to say, like, is there an option of just saying, Mommy and Daddy aren't going to take you to the zoo because we don't want to go to the zoo right now? That's what's going to happen. We're, yeah, we're the parents just, you know, the kid. That's just that's a longer conversation. I just think it would be easier just to say, oh, poisonous steaks, can't go. <laughs> well, how come those people are going? Well, they're going to die. They're going to die in there today. Mm, yeah. Do you want to die? No. <laughs> just throw that in her face. Why? Do you have a death wish, kid? What's wrong with you? And then it's like, no, I don't. I don't actually. I'm sorry. As opposed to like, no, we just don't want to take you. We don't feel like going. We're worried about the, no, you know, everybody's none of that. sick. We're worried about that. We don't want to go. That's all. I have two parenting keys, okay? I'm going to write okay. a book. It's okay. called Common Man Presents, because I think that's going to be a big seller with the title. Good way, good way to start. Common Man Presents Lies and Shame, the two ways to raise a kid. <laughs> Constantly lying to them, and then when they do something wrong, shaming them into never doing that thing again. 
Yeah, that's a that's a great a great piece of advice. Uh, what you'll find is not that you're planning on having more, but if you did, I could add a chapter to that, which is, and your kids will do that themselves. Like now that we have multiple kids, they lie to each other and shame to shame yes, each other. Yes, like, I like that's that. All, that's what they do all the time. It's just like they lie about who's because now two of my kids are in a kind of similar size bracket where they share clothes, not like on purpose, but just where they are, and so. There's constant stealing of clothes and then chicanery about stealing the clothes and lying about whose shirt belongs in which drawer. It's every day. Just getting started, buddy. Wait till they're teenagers. (laughs) It's all girls all the time in that house. I I know. It's it's yes, it'll be a lot of fun. I can't wait. All right. Here's the uh, here's the Monday breakdown. Mondays we do college football heavy, Buckeye heavy in the three o'clock hour, then the four o'clock hour. We will do a lot of NFL, and in the 5 o'clock hour, a little flavorful broth of everything, a little bouillabaisse in the 5 o'clock hour. And at 5.34 today, you know what we have? The segment that's not a segment. Yikes! I'm excited about it. Good job, Ted. Oh, well, he failed already. He failed. You know what? Already. I even did the intro very slowly so that Ted would have time to get the boing Ted is controlling all the sounds since I'm at home. I don't have any of those controls anymore. And considering we haven't heard from Ted since the show started, perhaps he's died. Are you alive? <laughs> Ted's dead, baby. Yes. That's okay. okay I am alive. All right. Teddy's in a makeshift conference room, which is what the radio station's running out of right now. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's the highest of technology, Mike. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So we have yikes flagship station of the Buckeyes, and we are in a conference room. We're both in our basements. Good times. Good times. Yikes coming up at 534. Buckeyes beat Rutgers 49-27. So here's the the thing. I I, I was reading some comments from people concerned about this Buckeye team, concerned about the defense. Here's where we are as a program. You can win a game by 49-27 to margin. And still be concerned. And that's that's okay. It's okay to have concerns. I'm not going to minimize that. I have them too. This defense isn't necessarily as good as I thought they were going to be, especially the secondary aspect of this defense at times. I still have faith they will get better. They are still one of the best teams in the country. They have, for my money, the best quarterback in the country. They have the best coach in the country. Not named Nick Saban. Sorry, it pains me to say that, but... Until proven otherwise, he's still the GOAT. But I understand why people are a little concerned because it almost looks at times when you watch this Buckeye team that they're just a touch sleepy, that they just get out of the game. And I guess that's bound to happen, right? They always say when you're like the gifted kid in class, well, you have to be challenged once in a while academically to to succeed. And I think that's where the Buckeyes are on the football field. I don't really think there's anybody on this schedule that's going to challenge them physically, and it's hard for them to sometimes stay in these games mentally. Yeah, I, I think that's a fair assessment. I do think the defense uh, is not giving me everything I had hoped for, but I also want to to further your point. I do think it is going to be a little bit more of a roller coaster type of defense this year, where they're going to play up for bigger games. They're going to probably get a little tough to stay focused on games like Rutgers, right? Especially you look through the first three quarters, Rutgers scored nine points. It's, you know, the 27 at the end of that score feels a lot worse. Uh, And and yes, they moved the football some, 
But let's not forget, they had about every single trick play you could possibly have. Greg Schiano has massive motivations to find ways for his offensive coaching staff to break down this defense and obviously has a pretty good insight into some of the thinking that goes into defensive coaching at Ohio State. So I think some of that plays a factor. And, I mean, they literally threw a touchdown to an offensive lineman. So unless every team that Ohio State encounters is going to start running those plays, which that's – you might say that'd be a good idea, but most coaches just don't seem to want to ever acknowledge that trick plays are fun and they often work. They'd rather beat you with their actual brain and beat you with their regular offense or regular defense. Anyway, I don't think you're going to see a lot of that going forward the rest of the year. And I don't think it matters as much that that happens in the fourth quarter of games other than for the score line and for people in Vegas who are paying attention to those lines. But yeah, the reality is, like you said, you have the best quarterback in the land. You have an offense that can do about whatever it wants against most any team in the country. And what you're going to struggle with is can this defense slow down offenses enough to allow the Buckeyes to be able to get what they need to do, to be done on offense to happen? And that's a question we won't really know the answer to until they play really quality offenses. So uh, right now, I think it's just building. It's getting this defense to continue to build on the positives, ignore the negatives, fix those negatives, uh, and then you know hopefully you get better as the season goes along. But yeah, I'm not as I'm not as freaked out about this game. Although it was funny, my cousin went to Rutgers. He's a big Rutgers fan. He's come into yeah. Columbus to watch some of these games. He, he was texting me like it was national championship for them. <laughs> he was thrilled. Well, that's he was a sad thrilled with the fourth right quarter. There. I know, but it gave him some semblance of hope. And I thought that's how far down this program has and how long they have to go. So as as we keep things in focus here, yes, Ohio State did not have the best performance I've ever seen. Once again, there's reason to be a little concerned. Let's also forget, not forget, like the team you're playing is excited that they got 27 points on you because that might be the best result they've had other than the victory they had earlier this year in, in many years. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's a tough game to get focused on because it's Rutgers and you know they suck. Let's also not forget that home field advantage doesn't exist. I mean, we saw that in Happy Valley, right? But it actually may work against you because normally, even for a game like Rutgers, even for a game that's on the Big Ten Network, you're waiting around all day for a night game start. You run out of the tunnel. You expect to see 100,000 people greet you. Instead, you have like 1,500 friends and family there and pretty much no atmosphere whatsoever. That can really bring down the home team. The road team doesn't care, but that can really bring down the home team, keeping that energy focused the entire game when you know you're better than your opponent you know you're better than Rutgers they can say all the right things during the week they know they're better they know what the point spread is they know the point spreads 38 points whatever it was to start the game keeping that focus is tough it kind of reminds me I was watching the Chiefs game yesterday and who the hell knows maybe when it's all said and done maybe the Chiefs have bigger problems and they crap themselves in the playoffs I don't know but the last couple weeks they played an unnecessarily tough game against the Panthers yesterday the week before I think they were playing the Jets and it took them a while to even wake up for that game when you know you're the better team on the field it's tough to go out there and click on all cylinders and that's where I think the Buckeyes are right now I said last week that I think the biggest opponent on the schedule is themselves and coronavirus it's no one they're playing and I think they know that too yeah, I think you're right. I think also, I guess it's not fair for me to say they weren't focused. 
they were up 35 to 3 at halftime. Yeah, right? it's I easy mean, to lose focus when that yeah. happens. If you if you're in the second half of that game not as focused and let's face it, Rutgers outscored the Buckeyes 24 to 14 in the second half. That that is not a ideal thing to talk about. That doesn't feel good to me. Do I think that is indicative of what another half of football would be for Ohio State and Rutgers if they lined up again this week and said, okay, boys, get focused again. You're playing Rutgers one more time. Let's see what this half of football looks like. I don't think Ohio State loses that. I think they knew the game was in hand. And, yeah, that's not going to make any coach happy. That's not going to make any of the players probably very happy. But the reality is, yes, it's it's Rutgers. Like you said, COVID is hanging over everything with this season. And you came out and played the first half like no sleep, no sleepwalking, no worries. You got 35 points on Rutgers like it was yeah. nothing. And and then the second half, yes, the wheels fell off and you just kind of lost focus. I don't think that's going to happen and gets a better competition. A lot of weird things in the college football landscape this weekend, including Meat Chicken losing again. We'll discuss coming up next. Common Man and T-Bone on the fan. Fan traffic. From the Logan AC and Heat Services, Heat Services Traffic Center. It's a time if you're headed along 670 Westbound and Neal Avenue. It's an accident there. Left lane is blocked. Your stop and go from 71. Problem on 5th Avenue or North Cassidy Avenue. Working on a problem with a pedestrian. Looks like it might be struck. Uh, it might have been struck by a vehicle there. So obviously everybody's working on that. West Arterbell tied up a bit southbound after Total Crossing Boulevard. It's an injury accident. That's got uh, traffic a little bit slow there now. This traffic report is sponsored by Everstream, the business-only fiber network. At Everstream, the business-only fiber network, they believe business deserves better. Everstream's full-service approach to business connectivity delivers the speed and reliability that businesses demand. Everstream, faster fiber, better business. I'm Scott Bradley with the fan traffic. Common Man and T-Bone is sponsored by Hinderer Motorsports. Catch the stupidity weekdays from 3 to 6. The Fan, Ohio's sports destination. Murdering brain cells one show at a time. Back to Man and Bone. Happy Monday. It's Reaction Monday, brought to you by Taco Bell. We have Yikes, the segment that's not a segment, coming up at 534. Buckeyes beat Rutgers on Saturday. Maryland is up next. Real quick, we'll talk about this during the week, obviously, as the week goes on. But what do we make of Maryland? Because they beat Penn State. And I don't know what what to make of that. Penn State is 0-3. 0-3. They beat Penn State. Yeah. We think they're better. I know things don't always translate from week to week, but we saw Maryland in week one score three points and get blown out against Northwestern, who also, by the way, is 3-0. and Go figure that after that offensive performance we saw last year. But do we look at Maryland as a realistic challenge, or do we just sort of fall in love with the Penn State victory and assume, oh, well, they beat Penn State. They must be kind of good. Well, I think there's there's some truth to both ends of the spectrum there because, yeah, I mean, Maryland, if you look at their record, the other game you didn't mention is that they beat Minnesota by a point, but they beat Minnesota, a team that before the season everyone thought was going to be a pretty decent Big Before the team. season, right. Right, that has not quite panned out for them this year. And Penn State, for whatever you think Penn State is, whatever talent level Penn State should have, yeah, they've got some injuries at the running back position and elsewhere that does affect them, but they're an 0-3 team in the Big Ten. So maybe it's not something that we need to read as much into as you would if Penn State had just been smoking everyone 
and then Maryland came in and, and beat them like they did, where it wasn't really that good of a game. Maryland just, just came in and had a good game against them. They beat Minnesota. So now all of a sudden we're we're a little more concerned about Maryland. I do think that they have a quarterback because Talia Tongovailoa, to his younger brother, is there. And so he's he's showing some things early on. He's He's looking better than he did in the first game, certainly against Northwestern. So overall, like, am I, am I overly concerned that Maryland is going to test the Buckeyes? I think it could be interesting uh, for the defense because I do think they'll be able to put up some points, but I don't see any defense in the Big Ten right now slowing down this Buckeye offense. So to me, that's the, the bigger thing that I will lean on and hope that this defense continues to get better and hope that this defense realizes they're playing a guy who's got three games of experience. So Let's not go crazy with getting freaked out by, you know, playing this Maryland offense as good as it has looked at times this year. I know that we're we're sort of spoiled by all of this. And, you know, 20 years ago, you look at a performance like this and you say, that's one of the all-time great performances that we've ever seen at Ohio State. But Justin Fields, once again, goes out on Saturday, 24-28, 3-14, five touchdowns, ho-hum. He is the best quarterback in college football right now. Healthy Trevor Lawrence, no healthy Trevor Lawrence. This, this guy and these performances that we've seen so far, absolutely unreal. And I feel like because we're so used to seeing it now, we just sort of take it for granted. Yeah, we do, and it it's a staggering number when you consider also he's got total 11 incompletions this year, which is the same number of touchdowns he's thrown. <laughs> he's got the same number of touchdowns as he has incompletions on the year and an offense that throws the football quite a bit. So, yeah, ridiculous talent, and this offense continues to be uh, as everything we had hoped for for the most part, right? I mean, yes. maybe we'd like to see a running game with one guy that's the main guy, but that's okay. I'm I'm good with the way they've got it flowing right now. Just keep running the football. You don't ever know necessarily who's going to be the leading rusher on a on a game, but that's all right. Trey Sermon, Master Teague, they're they're finding their way. They're doing fine. I'm I'm okay with that right now. I mean, I think one may eventually separate, but who knows? If it works this way, keep it going, man. Each of them getting like sixty to seventy yards a game. I can live with that. Elsewhere on Saturday, we had Miami sneaking by NC State. Stop me if you want to make a comment, by the way. Well, gonna... I, on on that game, I will say, I mean, they had to come back with a couple touchdowns there late in the game. So, yeah, yeah Miami, that was a bit of a scare for them. But they're, they got 6-1, and one, so they're hanging in there. Notre Dame beats Clemson, takes two overtimes to do it. Of course, Trevor Lawrence not playing in this game. I, look, man, I've been called an old fuddy-duddy despite my age since I was 15 years old. But I'm curious to get your thoughts on the, the fans on the field after the game was over from a couple different standpoints. I think we can all agree that in 2020, where we are right now in the world with coronavirus, probably not the best thing to do. And I read their quotes after the game where it's, well, you know, what are you going to do? Apparently, Major League Baseball security works in South Bend, where Justin Turner wants, well, what are you going to do? Notre Dame fans want to storm the field. What are you going to do? There's a lot you can do. They decided not to. That's according yeah. to Captain Jack Sparrow, who's their AD <laughs> slash James Jack, Jack, Jack Swarbrick, whatever his name yeah. is. Yeah. The other thing for me is there are certain programs that should be above that. And I think Notre Dame should be above that. I understand that you knocked off the number one team in the country. You are Notre Dame. The thing with Ohio State fans going on the field after the Michigan game, 
To me, that's a different thing. Now, maybe I'm looking at it through Buckeye-colored glasses, but I don't necessarily look at that as a, oh, look at us, we're so proud of ourselves moment. I look at that as a, this is the last game of the regular season. This is the last, it's a celebration, not just of beating Michigan, but of the entire season that you've just played. To me, that was low rent by the Notre Dame fans for running on that field because they are Notre Dame. They should have better standards. Well, I think it is low rent, but the reality is, unfortunately, that's never going to change because you, you don't have people who are going to these schools that have been fans for 40 years or 30 years. You have students who are, this is their fandom developing in some cases, right? Some of these students may never have watched football prior to going to the school, and then they're there on campus. They have an ability to go to games. They get into it, and then this feels big, and it, and it is big in some ways for Notre Dame. Sadly, even if you are a fan of theirs who's been watching for forever, they haven't beat a number one team, I don't believe, since 1993. So in some ways it was big for them, but I agree with you that I do think there are some programs, I think Ohio State's one of them, where you don't rush the field just after a big victory in the middle of the season. I know that's not going to change, but I agree with you on the opinion. As far as the COVID stuff goes, I really don't like it when college administrators, athletic directors, presidents of universities who are paid millions of dollars to make sure this stuff is taken care of, I don't like it when, as some of them were doing after this game, saying, well, you know, we told the players before the game. Make sure you hustle out of there as quickly as you can. And, you know, some of them listened, but uh, some of them didn't. And uh, I don't know what we're supposed to do. It's like you said to everyone who would listen, all these college administrators said, send your sons to play at our school. It's okay to play during COVID because they'll be safer on campus than they will back at home where God knows what situation they'll be in. Well, this is a situation that I don't think happens at your house. I don't you mean think 2,000 people... storm your house? <laughs> I don't think 2,000 college co-eds storm your house and just sit there and breathe all over you for half an hour. Now, again... Welcome to 2020, right? That's that's screwed up. That's effed up is what I wanted to say, that you can't live in the moment for five minutes after you beat one of your biggest opponents. Yes, I know Trevor Lawrence yeah, didn't play. Welcome but you to can't, reality, though. Right. It sucks. It also, like we've been saying, it sucks that people had to postpone their weddings and little kids didn't go to like see their classmates for the last time before they moved to a different school. Like Lots of things suck in 2020. Yeah, you got to do better getting them off the field, but I still put that on the administration and on the people in charge, not on the students who, yes, should have some personal responsibility, but I also understand that's how students are. You have to be better than that when you run a college program. Pac-12 was back on Saturday. We'll touch on a couple of those games, and, of course, we will discuss another loss by Jimmy Harbaugh in Michigan coming up next. Colin Mann and T-Bone on the fan. Fan traffic. From the Logan AC and Heat Services Traffic Center. It's a tie-up on 670 westbound, right into your lavender, working on an accident. Left lane is blocked. Your stop and go from 71. Tie-up continues on the west outer belt southbound after Total Crossing Boulevard. Injury accident there. It's a problem on Powell Road at Sawmill Parkway in Delaware, working on an accident. And you're tied up on 33 eastbound after Hamilton Road. Looks like an earlier accident clear, but still a bit on the slow side. This traffic report sponsored by Napa Auto Parts. With thousands of locally owned Napa stores across the nation, chances are that wherever you call home, they do too. So whether you stop by a local Napa Auto Parts store, Napa Auto Care Center, or visit Napa online, you can count on Napa know-how. I'm Scott Bradley with Fan Traffic. 
The best thing about watching football all weekend is talking about all the football you watched all weekend. This is Reaction Monday. Sponsored by Taco Bell. The Fan. Picture a sports talk show, but without all those pesky sports getting in the way. Back to Man and Bone. Lies. All we've done is sports so far. Except talking about my daughter thinking that there's poisonous snakes at the zoo that will kill us all. (laughs) Although that could be a sport. Poisonous snake uh, obstacle course, maybe? I'd watch it. Yeah, I guess. I mean... What would you rather watch on Wednesday nights? Maction or people running for their lives from poisonous snakes? Here's the thing. For the good of society, I'll take Maction. Because if we devolve into a place where it's like, oh, might die, might win a TV, I don't think I want to be a part hey, of that society. they're signing up for that. I'm not saying you just you know, <laughs> knock, knock, knock on people's no. doors. So no, I know the people will sign up. I know that. But the fact that it's even a possibility tells you at times how bad things are. Where people are like, TV? Possible death? Yeah, sign up. What's, what's the worst that could happen? I just die and I leave this hellscape. Yeah, like, that's not good. That's a bad sign for society. We need to be better than that. Uh, talking about the college football from Saturday, going through some of the notable national games, Florida has no problems with Georgia. We can officially say that Georgia's done. I mean, we knew that before. Thank goodness. But I, thank I don't goodness even... is right. Until next off season, when they're the darling <laughs> again. I know. Let me... I don't care for Florida. I want to make that perfectly clear. Like, I wasn't rooting for Florida here for Mr. COVID Dan Mullins to get his... Like, I'm not happy about that. And also Dan Mullen. Like, I'm not happy about that at all. But what I am kind of thrilled with is the fact that Georgia now has to reckon yet again with failure. Because they constantly get the aromas of a of an Alabama or an LSU. Oh, you but they know never, why? Because they, they recruit they, like those teams. They recruit five-star guys. They should be better than they are right now. Yeah, but like, you know, when you you can make a brisket on a smoker where you sit it there for 20 hours, or you can throw a roast in a pot and throw some liquid smoke on it, one is better. One is quality. But if you were just sniffing the two of them, you might think, oh, well, these were both cooked the same way. When they weren't. One was cooked in a crock pot for a few hours with fake smoke. One of them has been a smoked brisket that's quality You're and right. real. And as much Georgia as is not analogies. quality. Here's the problem with that. When it, they should be quality, though. That's the thing, is that they're putting liquid smoke in a, in a Dutch oven with a piece of Wagyu beef brisket. <laughs> when you look at the type of dudes they're recruiting and the type of high school football they're recruiting from, that talent pool in the state of Georgia, they should be better than this. But no, they're you know not. What, you know what, though? This is the thing that sucks. Because Georgia is this ultimate little... I don't know, key to unlocking anything you want if you're an SEC fan. It's a master key because if Georgia is good, then you can say, well, the SEC is so strong because we have Alabama, we have what other team is good this year, you know, whoever it is, Florida in this case, but it could be LSU, it could be another team next year, whatever. And then you can say, and look at how good Georgia is. And then suddenly it's this juggernaut conference and nothing can be stopped and they're so awesome. But if Georgia's not as good and they're losing some of these games, then it becomes, well, you've just watched the meat grinder. And that's why they have such talent yeah, now it and such amazing. Look how good Florida is. Yes. <laughs> it doesn't matter. And the only thing that's consistent is that you know Georgia's good. 
Because, like, if Georgia wasn't good, this wouldn't matter. But the fact is, the entire national media has just taken in that Georgia has to be good, partially because of those recruiting rankings, and then that leads to everyone, no matter what happens to Georgia, it's good for the SEC. If they're undefeated, the SEC is great. If they're getting smoked every week, well, that just shows you how good the SEC is, because look what they're doing to Georgia. It There's no way for it to be bad for the SEC, and I... I'm jealous of how they figured that one out because you do not have that with Penn State in the Big Ten. Like, Penn State being 0-3 does not mean the Big Ten is, like, so tough. It means, wow, the Big Ten must suck. Look at what Penn State's doing. Pac-12 back this weekend. USC comes back, beats Arizona State. That was a fun game to watch. I don't necessarily think that, that USC's any good or that Arizona State's any good, but it was a nice little welcome back for the Pac-12. That was a 9 a.m. Local time start out in California. More of those, please. Because I tell you what, I watched that game. I watched that game uh, at noon on Fox, where normally they would have that game at 1030 or lost in a 330 window with a bunch of other games I wanted to watch. But it held my attention. Oregon looks strong against Stanford. I think that a lot of people look at Oregon as the one hope the Pac-12 has of perhaps getting in the playoffs. I don't necessarily believe that, but going off of that one game, they did what they were supposed to do. Yeah, and and that's good, you know, for the Pac-12 to have that. I don't think it's going to ultimately materialize because of the way this this weekend went. I don't think it's going to materialize for Oregon to be able to make it and even if they smoke everyone by 30. I don't I don't think that's likely, but they only also are playing six games, right? I mean, that's all the yeah. time they have left in the season. Well, so. they're lucky if they get six games. Right, I mean, yeah. We've, we've already seen two Pac-12 games canceled completely. Yeah, so uh, that's that's going to be a tough thing for them. But it's it's good for Oregon to at least build, get some momentum, because it's it's a shame for me, as just speaking as the college football fan, not just as a Buckeye fan, that the Pac-12 has been in such disarray over the last couple of years. It would be good for the Pac- for college football, for the Pac-12 to be exciting and relevant next year with fans back, with everybody back, and full schedules. I'd really like to see what like a good Pac-12 looks like again with three or four tough teams, but we're not there right now. Michigan loses to Indiana, and I am that... I don't know, sophomoric Buckeye fan that roots for Michigan to lose every single week. And by the way, I hope that more people have come around to that line of thinking, all right? Because we can put to bed this notion that you need a healthy Big Ten and a respected Michigan because that'll work out better for Ohio State in the eyes of the playoff committee. That's a bunch of BS. Ohio State controls their own destiny. They've controlled their own destiny for a long time. They win their games. They're fine, okay? I like seeing Michigan question their own existence every single week, and that's (laughs) that's what's happening now. I was reading a piece in the Toledo Blade uh, today talking about who's going to be the next Michigan coach. Would you like to hear what they've they've put in here? By the way, yeah, go ahead. Uh, Matt Campbell from Iowa State. Yeah, Luke Fickle, our old buddy. Never with have. The Cincinnati I, Bearcats. I can't see Luke Fickle going up there. I can't. And now you've just ensured that it will happen. <laughs> That's fine. I just don't picture. And they even said that in the article. Like this is a twenty-year Ohio State guy. That would be pretty shocking. If that would be that would be pretty shocking, but man, what a! I mean, look, I don't know if we're ever going to get that Woody Bow. We we want to attach that. We you know we're talking about Urban and and Harbaugh. We're going to be those those guys, but you know we've talked about it. Urban was never going to be a twenty five year guy. 
in this no, job. No, it's even if even if the events of last season didn't happen or the season before. My my years are all mixed up now. I still yeah. don't think Urban was going to be a twenty five year guy. It's just not his style in this type of job. But what a storyline that would set up. The potential for that, because who the hell knows if that would actually happen, if you have Ryan Day and then Luke Fickle would go up there, which is straight out of the storyline, Bo being an Ohio guy going up to Michigan, having success there, those two guys I could see at the same program for 25 years. Yeah, maybe. I I don't think that's likely. I'll tell you, though, something. Because you reminded me of this line of thinking when you said, because so many people say it, of, I want Michigan to be good. Let's deal with that reality real quick. What does it take, Mike, for Michigan to be good? Can they just be good for a year? Or do they have to kind of always be good? Isn't that how college football works? Like, Bama doesn't That's just show up for a year. That's how program should work. Right, right. So to rebuild Michigan, you have to get someone who can turn them from what they are into a top five program again. Do you really want that? And then let me go this far and say, guess who would be the perfect candidate to do that, though he will never do it in a million years. He is not busy. He has all the time in the world. And he can shut your mouth. Don't you know it that Urban could go up there and get that program back? Okay. He'll never do it. But my point is, for those of you who say, I want Michigan, Michigan to be good, do you want someone as talented as Urban to coach that program? Do you really want that? The answer is hell no, you don't. You love the fact that this is how it's gone. Stop saying you want Michigan to be good, because if that's what you want, you have to root for someone who's as good as Dabo and as good as Nick Saban to end up in that job. And I don't think you really want that, because that's devastating. That would be yeah, it'd be fun, stressful, I guess, in the week of the game, but it would suck to see them be that good. I don't want to see that. I hope they continue to get terrible coaches that every five years have to get fired because they suck. There are a couple other names on this list I want to bounce off of you. Plus, new polls are out. I will share them with you coming up next. Common Man and T-Bone on the fan. Fan traffic. From the Logan AC and Heat Services Traffic Center. There's still delays on 670 westbound at Neal Avenue working around an accident. It looks like you're stop and go from 71. It's an accident involving a motorcycle blocking the two left lanes. Also, 5th Avenue at North Cassidy, a pedestrian struck by a vehicle there, so everybody's working on that. West Outer Belt is moving slowly southbound after total crossing. It's an injury accident in that area. Also, a tie-up on uh, 33 eastbound right after Hamilton Road. That's getting cleared up. The traffic's still a bit slow in that area. This traffic report sponsored by Discover. Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year. It's amazing because Discover is accepted at 99% of places in the U.S. that take credit cards. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2020 Nielsen Report. Limitations apply. I'm Scott Bradley with Fan Traffic. The radio home of inside jokes that may or may not become stickers for your car. This is Common Man and T-Bone. Happy Monday. Lots of football conversation today. It is Reaction Monday. Can I tell you something that bothers me? Yes, you can. Go ahead. This is going to surprise you that something bothers me. but I'm, I'm shocked. But no, that's fine. We had uh, some news today that I guess one of the vaccine candidates, the Pfizer candidate, they say works great, 90% effective. Ooh, that's fantastic news. Now, yes, we fully understand that final approval needs to be given, and there's the big task of rolling this out. 
on a nationwide level, which I'm sure will not be easy. But that is great news today. That's great news. This was a big test. They tested like 47,000 people, and they're confident in saying this thing is 90% effective. The FDA had said if we get anything that's 50% or better yeah. and we deem it to be safe, then we're going to approve it. So 90%. That's kind of a big deal. And so, you know, with all the, the virus news that we hear and case numbers going up and hospitalizations going up, I actually put a half smile on my face today. And then I click on my news sites that I always go to. And every single story I click on is, whoa, 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 whoa. Don't get too excited. Here's why. And then it's just a, a, a well, poo storm. I was going to say something else. <laughs> Well, wait, like, what's, look, what, what is the read? What are they saying not to get excited? Well, about? it's all, well, it's going to be hard to, to get this to everybody. And this particular one is a two shot vaccine. And most people won't get this till the spring. And it's just, it's every bad thing that you know. And you know, it's going to be difficult to roll this out. I'm aware of it. And it's the, the, the whole notion that not everyone will get it will make it not as effective. I, I understand that. Would it be, would it be possible just for like a day? For people to turn on the news, hear a story, feel kind of good about the world and the situation that we're in without having to click on 18 million stories telling us how we shouldn't feel that way. Yeah. Can we I get just that. have a, a day where we get some good news and we embrace the good news? Why can't we have that? Yeah. I think the reason maybe they do that is because they don't want people to hear like vaccine on the way and then everyone's like, Awesome, and they just start French kissing the person well, next to them, on, and they don't even. People like, are that stupid. They're already doing that now. <laughs> right, I do think it is fair to point out here, as good a news as that is, that see that to me is encouraging, and it helps me feel good about wearing the mask, just because. All right, now there's starting to get to be an endpoint here of like, yeah, hopefully by the spring, if we can all keep doing this, avoid getting it if you can especially if you're in a risk category like I am. I have asthma, among other things. I was fat. Gonna say, also I like fat. How, I like how well, you led with the asthma. Asthma, fat. I got <laughs> Bald. Yeah, I've Bald got... Bald is I've got, actually a problem. Short, angry, not funny. <laughs> right, like short, I've got all... Short and angry are on the list. <laughs> I better never leave the house right. again. Right. All I'm saying is, like, at least now I know, like, if I can get to that point, get the vaccine, and then... Hopefully we start to get back to normal. So yeah, I'm, I'm encouraging anyone who's listening to just make sure it's tough. It's not fun. I hate wearing the mask too, but let's try to do it for the next few months. Hopefully we get the vaccine and then we can move forward. And yeah, then, then you can start tongue kissing people again, wherever you go. Go on vacation, go to but the beach, just tongue kiss whoever you see there. That's if fine. you watch the news today and had a glimmer of hope, allow yourself to have that hope. Don't let yeah, people just yes. crap all over your good mood today. Uh, new AP poll is out. Alabama stays at, I'm sorry, they move up to one because Clemson was one. Alabama's one. Notre Dame is up two spots to two. Ohio State stays at three. Clemson down three spots to four. Texas A&M is fifth. They're up two spots. Florida is sixth. They're up two spots. Cincinnati seventh. They drop a spot. BYU up a spot to eight. Miami is up two spots to nine. And Indiana, into the top ten, they are up three spots. Other Big Ten teams on this list, Wisconsin, although they've only played one game, is 13th is in the country. Still amazing. It is amazing. Um, and Northwestern pops in 
At number 23, don't look now, but they are 3-0. and oh. Have you yeah. heard anything about Wisconsin? I know last week they made the call on Tuesday, but are they thinking they're going to be able to play this game against Michigan this weekend? I have not. I have not seen that yet, and I don't. I don't know if they've given that. Maybe it's out there, and I just missed it. But no, I've not seen anything. Ted, have you seen anything? I have not seen anything. No. Okay. Yeah. So uh, other if- names on this list, by the way, Toledo Blade talking about who's going to be Michigan's next head coach when Jim Harbaugh goes away. So I told you, Matt Campbell from Iowa State, Luke Fickle, and they have other names to watch on here. Yeah. Bob Stoops. Okay. All right. All right. By the way, Bob is 60. All right. The oh, last yeah, time we saw Bob. Still be coaching. Yeah, I didn't say he, he couldn't. The last time we saw Bob, he was coaching for the Dallas Renegades of the XFL. I don't know if the XFL still owes him money, but that was his last gig. He is from Youngstown, right? So that would be a yeah. nice little rivalry thing right there. But Bob Stoops is a name. So we'll see if he would take that job. Uh, Brett Venables, who was the Clemson defensive coordinator, is on their list. Well, I'll just say Fleck. with him, Brett yes, Venables has turned he's turned down better jobs than this, like better situations than this to stay at Clemson. So I would be shocked if he left Clemson to come to the dumpster fire that is Michigan right now. P.J. Fleck in the Flecktones, your guy from Minnesota is on this list. Kyle Whittingham from Utah is on this list. They have Pat Fitzgerald on here. Pat Fitzgerald no. is not leaving Northwestern. He had Uh, an opportunity to go interview with the Packers. He said, I don't want to do that. I want to stay at Northwestern. No offense, uh, Michigan, but you ain't the Green Bay Packers. I don't think Pat Fitzgerald, if he's not going to go to the NFL, he's not going to Michigan. No, and he can pretty much write whatever check he wants to at Northwestern. They're paying him ridiculous amounts of money for that program. And he has complete and total control. Yeah, Oh, Michigan's not getting Pat Fitzgerald. I'd be more shocked by that than Jim Harbaugh when he went to Michigan. I'd find Pat Fitzgerald leaving to go there now to be more shocking than that move. So what's the one name on here that maybe intrigues you the most? Uh, Matt Campbell would probably make the most sense. I could see him doing that, and, and that's a that's a bump up from where he is. It is still a, a program with ma- many more resources than what Iowa State offers. And, yeah, I think he could recruit better than Jim Harbaugh. Will that mean that that turns Michigan around? No. Will that excite the fan base? No. But if it gets you to nine and ten win seasons again and you actually have a chance of beating your rival, that would probably be worth looking into, right? I would think if you can start there and then go forward, that's better than trying to make a big swing again and then missing like you did with Harbaugh. Lots of NFL goodies to discuss. We will do it coming up next. Common Man and T-Bone on the fan. Fan traffic. From the Logan AC and Heat Services Traffic Center. Good afternoon. Watch out for an accident blocking two lanes of westbound 670 at Neal Avenue. This is an injury accident involving a motorcycle blocking the two left lanes. Traffic is stop and go from Leonard Avenue and continues to build with emergency crews on scene. Please be extra cautious over here. This traffic report is sponsored by Napa Auto Parts. With thousands of locally owned Napa stores across the nation, chances are that wherever you call home, they do too. So whether you stop by your local Napa Auto Parts store, Napa Auto Care Center, or visit Napa online, you can count on Napa know-how. I'm Leanna Ray with Van Traffic. Broadcasting from the Lindsay Honda Studios. Honda makes the cars. Lindsay makes the difference. Visit lindsayhonda.com. WBNSFM, HD1 Columbus. The Fan. 
Good afternoon. I'm Paul Keels. NFL tonight. The winless New York Jets will host the two and five New England Patriots. You can catch that game tonight right here on the fan. The Mississippi State Auburn game this weekend has been postponed already due to coronavirus issues in the Mississippi program. Meanwhile, Arkansas head coach Sam Pittman has tested positive for the virus and will miss the Razorbacks game this weekend against number six Florida. There are concerns about the Alabama LSU game scheduled for this weekend due to multiple LSU players in quarantine due to the virus and others subject to contact tracing. Wisconsin has resumed their football activity after missing their last two games because of the virus. Badgers are scheduled to play Michigan this weekend. The AP preseason college basketball poll has Gonzaga number one in the nation, followed by Baylor, Villanova, Virginia, and Iowa. Ohio State ranked 23rd. Breaking sports news when it happens on the fan. Ohio sports destination. Their collective IQ is lower than they think it are. This is Common Man and T-Bone. Happy Monday. Reaction Monday sponsored by Taco Bell. We have Yikes, the segment that's not a segment, coming up at 534. Monday Night Football. T- oh, all right. <laughs> Monday Night Football tonight, Patriots at the Jets, 8 o'clock right here on The Fan. Uh, I will say this, yesterday I was, uh, and by the way, they shouldn't get off the hook for this because it happened to to be a good game. Teddy, I don't want you and your excuses. Oh, man, they're America's team. People watch. I love the Cowboy. Why, why Jim Nance and Tony Romo on that game yesterday? Now, it worked out that it was a good game, but there's no way you should be wasting your number one announcing crew on the Dallas Cowboys for the rest of the season. That's enough. No, I agree with you on that. and I'm, I'm sure, Ted, you would agree with that, right? I mean, as much as you love your Cowboys. No, he's going to just disagree with me to be a pain in the ass. No, I understand that they shouldn't be on there, but it is a marquee a game as far as team names, and no, people are going to watch it. That's that, the, don't you want your crew to be on the most watched game of the week, or do you just want them to be on what you think is the best game? What do you mean what I think yeah, like I, it exists in I my head? I want them head. on the best game. I want them on the best game. <laughs> Even if not as many people are watching that game? Like if there's what? like 10,000 people watching that game, there's like a million people watching the Steelers and the Cowboys. Yeah, Wouldn't that's, you want that's them happens, on that said. game? That's what happens. 10,000 people or a million. Yeah, that's sounds right. about right. <laughs> sounds those good. Are, those are reasonable numbers for the NHL or the NFL. That's what they typically do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I... I <laughs> Dad, I like that you're playing the tr- the troll here, but no, of course, you, Steelers Cowboys brand is great, but who cares about the brand when the product typically is not good? And I realize the game turned out okay, like you said, but ultimately, in a seven and O team and a two and six team, which is what they were going into this game, that is not a matchup that should be the prime time prime crew matchup. No way. It never. Well, at least be. we have a better matchup tonight. We got Patriots and Jets. Get your <laughs> radio DVRs ready. We'll have it for you eight o'clock right here on the fan. Elsewhere yesterday, uh, Bills beat Seattle. Josh Allen throws for over 400 yards, and I was I was reading after the game some quotes from the Seahawks saying, "I got to tell you, we didn't expect him to throw that much." Which okay. I, I understand that. Maybe you didn't expect him to throw that much. Maybe you didn't expect a 400-yard day for Josh Allen. But once you saw it was trending in that direction, are you completely powerless to stop it? I guess the answer is yes. You know, we've we've sort of been fooled, I guess, because Russell Wilson's been so good. 
But this Seahawk defense is not a championship defense. If they fancy themselves winning the trophy, they got to play better defense because it's terrible right now. Yeah, it's not even – no, this is one of the worst defenses in the NFL of any of competitive teams, right? I mean, the Seahawks are obviously a talented bunch, and I do think they've got plenty going in their direction. But, no, this is bad, man. This is a big problem that they have glaring that they are going to have to get better at on defense just in all phases. And I did like, as you mentioned, Pete Carroll saying that they've got, you know, they, they thought they were going to run the ball more. And he said, we had a defense. Boy, I tell you, that defense we had against the run would have been great. It's like, <laughs> right, right. It's like, that's great to say. There's no way to prove that. But also, I wouldn't be bragging about just how much time you spent being wrong. Why, why would you say like, yeah, we really put a lot of time into stopping the run and they just completely snookered us. That makes you sound like a bad coach. Now, we also know the Seahawks are good enough that they have been able to find their way to multiple Super Bowls to win one and should have won a second one, arguably. Uh, but these are the things that, you know, they, they were in position where, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's not unheard of that they could fix this by the end of the year. It's just right now that defense, like you said, does not bear out to be a team that could go in against multiple NFC teams and just stop everyone enough to be able to win those games. Maybe they won't have to if the offense can play like this, but yeah, it's not good enough. And of course, you know, there were picks yesterday. Russell Wilson was not his best. So when you don't have that combination going of any defense and your quarterback is throwing picks, that's not going to be good. Chiefs struggle with the Panthers, but get the win. And look, the Chiefs, I, I said this in the first segment, sort of remind me of the Buckeyes, where I think they are tremendously talented. They are better than most of the teams they're going to play on Sundays. But, you know, this is the third straight week. They played the Broncos, they played the Jets, and they played the Panthers. And I understand the Panthers gave them a game yesterday, but they're going into that game every single week knowing they are much better than the team they're playing I don't care who the hell you are. It's tough to keep that that intensity week after week when you know you're just that much better. Yeah, and I don't. I know they've lost four in a row. I know that the Panthers are three and six, and I don't feel like they're a three and six team. I feel like they're much better than that. But the results are what they are. They have got a hole to dig out of if they hope to have any playoff chances, and those are quickly slipping away. But yeah, I mean they they were right there with the Chiefs. Do I think they're as good as the Chiefs? No, but I think don't you agree that like they're probably better than three and six, especially now that they've got Christian McCaffrey back? I think. Well, didn't he didn't he die again yesterday? Oh, or did yeah, I make that true. up? No, you you're probably right. I'm just saying like I thought that they were. I think they're a better team than three and six. But yeah, Teddy, that's check right. that for me because I think I think McCaffrey hurt himself again yesterday. Giants beat Washington after Alex Smith comes in in relief and throws for over 300 yards in relief, too, because Kyle Allen had a dislocated ankle. Okay. I Can can the Washington football team organization, can can we just stop having grotesque injuries to your quarterbacks, please? Because that's, that's enough of that. I don't need to see that again. But a very interesting story for Alex Smith because we talked about it before the year how – we said if he gets on the field at all, it would be one of the best stories in all of football. If he was able to play in a game, period. Not only is he playing in games, not only did he, you know, look halfway decent yesterday, given all he's been through, he's going to be the starter next week. They've already pretty, they've already said that. So that is completely coming all the way back, right? If you start an NFL game 
after having that type of injury. That's that's as full of a comeback as you can have. I guess the only thing left to do is go win a game and, and show that. But, yeah, I mean, Alex Smith, congratulations for being able to come back. I'm sure it was pretty weird for him to step on the field because of the injury that his uh, fellow quarterback suffered there. But, you know, that's, yes, that's the lost, that's how lost in all of this is that the Giants have now become better than Washington. Lost in all of this is that well, you have Ron Rivera, uh, head coach, in my opinion, flailing wildly. He has no idea what he's doing. He has no plan for the quarterback position. I mean, could it actually be? Because obviously Kyle Allen's done for the season. He's got the dislocated ankle. And I don't know how long Alex Smith is for this. Could it be that Dwayne Haskins is the starting quarterback again for this Washington football team? Could be. But I I think that they have made their decision firm on that. And they are, yeah, short of Alex Smith throwing five picks or something. I mean, it'd have to be a pretty epic meltdown of a game that they would have to then say, all right, we're not going to play him. Because I think they're just, right now, they are so firmly in the idea that Dwayne Haskins is not the guy and they need to draft a quarterback next year. So what good does it do them to be any good? I know what you're saying about having Ron Rivera, but the reality is they never believed in Dwayne Haskins. They didn't. They can say all they want that they did. They had a a, a very quick hook there to pull him out and then demoted him to third string. Didn't have him active for games, right? I mean, this was clearly to me a plan where they have said, we don't believe in this guy. We need to draft a quarterback next year. And yeah, good news. They are one of the worst teams now in the NFL and they will continue to be. So that's what they're, I think that's what they're looking at now. Did you like my punching of the microphone there? Was that, was that fun to listen to? It's good and professional. Yeah. That's what I always call it. (laughs) Punch that microphone. (laughs) I said this last week in your absence. I feel like we get caught up in this narrative that because quarterbacks don't really cost that much, rookie quarterbacks don't really cost that much, it used to be that if you took a guy in the draft in the first round and he didn't work out for you, you were committed to that guy for at least three to four years because you couldn't afford to just cast him aside. Now that the cap is so big and these rookie salaries, even if you're the first overall pick, is an average quarterback salary, not an exorbitant quarterback salary, we sort of look at this like, oh, yeah, well, okay, let's take this first-round quarterback and just toss him aside because it doesn't cost that much. We're not going to have to eat that much money, and we can go out and draft somebody else in the first round next year, which in theory is right, but you're wasting a first-round pick. You have wasted a first-round pick. Now, I'm sure Ron Rivera will tell you, well, that wasn't my first-round pick that I'm wasting. Okay, but that's not a way to build a winning franchise. We look at these draft picks like they're just in the ether. Like, oh, who cares? We'll just draft another first-round quarterback next year. It doesn't make any sense to me. Well, I get that, but here's the – I'll play devil's advocate quickly on that argument. The other side to that is – Let's say they could improve and get the Dwayne train back to like being being a decent NFL quarterback. Let's say that they could get to a place where they're six and ten by the end of the year. Which, by the way, they could still be. I mean, who's it's not to out say of the that question. they can't be with Dwayne well, Haskins? Right. Well, that's what I'm saying, right? Let's say they did that. What good does that do them if they get to six and ten or seven and nine? It wins this division. <laughs> Well, <laughs> that's the fair sad enough. part, probably. Okay. okay, that's a fair point. I forgot what division we we're talking about for a second. You are right. But what does that do for you? What is winning that division and then getting hey, annihilated probably happen, in a playoff baby. game? Yeah, anything could happen. 
That's I don't want to. We saw hear that. a nine-win so football team take down the most talented team, undefeated, fifteen and zero. New York Giants came out nine and seven. See you later. Okay. That could happen. It's no, it's six not and happening. ten team wins no. the Super Bowl. Mark Stop it down. It. Take it to the bank. But I will say that division was slightly different when you got nine wins in it than if this team gets six wins. Whatever. No. The point is, it doesn't matter if they win the division. The reality is, nobody in this division is good, and at least the. The Washington football team has the sense to realize it and say, we're just going to abandon ship. We're playing all our backup quarterbacks, and we don't care. We're not investing in Dwayne Haskins anymore, and we are totally just the rest of the way out waiting to get a new quarterback or whatever they think they need in the first round. I assume it would be quarterback. But, yeah, I mean, I think that's their, that's more of what's happening here than just we don't like Dwayne Haskins. It's partially that. Then it's partially, well, if we don't like him, we're going to have to get a quarterback somehow. So next year the draft might be our best option. More NFL conversation coming up. The Ravens set a record yesterday. We'll discuss Common Man and T-Bone on the fan. Fan traffic. From the Logan AC and Heat Services Traffic Center. Good afternoon. You'll find an earlier accident has cleared from 670 westbound at Neal Avenue. All lanes are now open in that area. The traffic is still slow from I-71 as it recovers. Plan about a five-minute residual backup. This traffic report is sponsored by Allstate. If you're driving less, you could be saving more on car insurance. With pay-per-mile insurance from Allstate, pay for the miles you drive and save on the miles you don't. Call a local Allstate agent and get a quote now. I'm Leanna Ray with Van Traffic. Common Man and T-Bone is sponsored by Hinderer Motorsports. Catch the stupidity weekdays from 3 to 6. The Van, Ohio's sports destination. Come for the obesity, stay for the anger. This is Common Man and T-Bone. Happy Monday. Monday night football tonight here on The Fan. It is the Patriots and the Jets. Two teams that I got to tell you are headed in the right direction. One has two wins, one has none. And if you look at the offensive stats, the Jets are last in the league in total yards. And the mm. Patriots are third from last in the league in total yards. Which probably if, means this will be like a 35 to 31 yeah, no type of game that will actually be fairly entertaining. Just watch. That's how it goes. If uh, Cam Newton is bad tonight, do you expect him to see the bench and it's Stidham time? Could be. I mean, the worst thing that could happen right now for the Patriots is that Jared Stidham comes out and sucks. And then what does that actually do? Nothing. That doesn't hurt you at all. You're supposed to you need to be one of the worst teams to have this draft pick, right? I mean that it would it would actually behoove the Patriots to lose this game tonight so the Jets can get another win and and move a little bit closer to possibly not having the first overall pick. That's that's the best thing that the Patriots need right now is if if they're not going anywhere this year, try to be the worst team you can be. And so play everyone. Give everyone a shot. And if someone, if it turns out that Jared Stidham's really good and start winning games, great. Then you found a solution. But if not, that's also not bad. Uh, Brownies and Bengals were on the bye this weekend. Some news, though. Baker Mayfield placed on the COVID-19 reserve list after he came in contact with a staff member who tested positive. Now, if he tests negative, though, he can be back on the practice field by Wednesday. So he has not tested positive. He was in contact with a staffer. So they're cautious right. on that, much like we saw with Matt Stafford last week. So uh, Case Keenum was quarterback number one at practice today. But if Baker tests positive, he can be back on that practice field as soon as Wednesday. 
Now, I don't know how it works coming off the bye week, but I know that this past weekend they were off Thursday through Sunday were yep. the players. So they were off for most of this time. They had practice today, which obviously Baker Mayfield was not attending. Um, and then I think tomorrow it's just a come in and get tested day. I don't think they actually practice tomorrow because usually Tuesdays are the off day in the NFL. Right, right. So theoretically he may only miss one or two practices out of this if he can come back Wednesday and be Five good minutes, go. really. It's a cup of coffee. <laughs> <laughs> right, I'm just saying it works out at this is when it occurred. It's about the best time you could have something like this happen as opposed to having it say, you know, on Friday or Saturday of a game week, that would be much worse. All right, elsewhere from yesterday, I'm asking you a very important question. Are you ready? Okay. The Raiders are 5 and 3 after beating the Chargers yesterday. Are the Raiders good? I think they're they're decent. Yeah. Um because I don't know Could the answer. It, I watch them some weeks, and they look like they can't get out of their own way. And then yesterday I watched them again. It's like, yeah, this is the team that I picked to make the playoffs before the season started. But next week they'll go out and lose by 30 points. Yeah. I mean, if you go back and look at who they've beaten, obviously that Chiefs win is monumental, right? But it's yeah. sandwiched in between losses to the Bills and the Bucks, who are two teams that – well, up until last night, if you count the Buccaneers, like they they have looked like two of the better teams in the NFL. So th those are results that make you think, well, maybe they're not that good. But they're they're very up and down, man. I I don't really know an answer for you yet on the Raiders. That's why I hesitated. Um, I yeah, don't accept I, I that think, answer. Uh, fine, I think they are. I think they're trending to good. So I'll say good. Trending to good. All right. Yeah, like uh, they're Steelers, on an upward path. Steelers struggled with the Cowboys. We talked about that. Uh, Dolphins are five and three after beating Arizona on the road. I will say this about the Dolphins. I, I, I don't know if two is any good. He seems to be good, right? I mean, seems to be. They let him do things yesterday as opposed to his first start where he threw for 93 yards and didn't have to do much because that defense took care of business. And the defense got him on the board yesterday, too with the strip sack of Kyler Murray, and they ran it in the end zone and got that big road touchdown. This defense may not be, on paper, the best defense in the National Football League, but they are opportunistic. They are ball hawks on this defense. What a spot for a rookie quarterback to know that your defense is going to go out there every single week and give you a touchdown. Yeah, that is a, a really encouraging thing. And this is why I thought, I mean, if they knew that they had a defense like this, and maybe in fairness to the coaches, maybe they weren't aware that their defense was going to kind of round into this, but... Why would you not start your rookie quarterback knowing that you've got a pretty decent defense already? Well, we, dis we discuss it. It doesn't make I, any I know. sense. But it did, because it didn't make is... sense not to start him, and then it didn't make sense when they decided to start him. <laughs> no, it, they the the clear thing here, to, to be fair, is they should have been playing Tua Tango Bailo whenever they felt like doing it, but they picked, if your logic is, well, we don't want to upset what good we're doing with this team, well, you did that after Ryan Fitzpatrick was actually playing pretty well. So if you weren't worried about that, why did you just start the season that way? But either way, they're here now. Yeah, he had eight incompletions yesterday. Uh, that's that's not bad for a guy who's you know starting out in the NFL. And I think against doing that against the Cardinals defense, it's not the best in the league. But you got some guys that can play, especially in that secondary. I also thought Tua had some some nice wheels there at times to get out of some situations. So. He, I, I, that's not going to be the main focus of his game, right? He's, he's a, he's a guy who can throw the football and, and yeah. he's very good at that. But being able to escape and, and make a few guys miss when you have to to get some extra yards, that's going to go a long way. That's going to definitely help him out.
Then the football from last night, I settled in to watch two geriatric quarterbacks battle it out. I thought it was going to be a close game, hopefully with both quarterbacks looking good and dueling down the stretch in the fourth quarter. Instead, it was the Saints blowout last night. Tom Brady with three picks looked terrible. What do we make from that last night? Do we just because before the game, Tom Brady was back on top of the world. This Tampa team was looking good. They went out and got Antonio Brown, got healthier from an offensive weapon perspective, and Drew Brees couldn't throw the ball more than four yards in the air. Now Drew Brees dipped himself in the fountain of youth, and Tom Brady's the one who looks like a big turd. Well, allow me as a Browns fan to just take a moment here where all I have heard ever since Odell Beckham Jr. joined this team, that is a wide receiver who did not have the concerns necessarily off the field that Antonio Brown has had, but just not all I've close. heard is – Right, but all I've heard is every time anything happens with the Browns, like what, how is Odell Beckham to blame for this? Because we know he is. So even though there's really no correlation – to why this team played so bad yesterday. I'm just going to blame it all on Antonio Brown because that's what I've been told by everyone in the NFL media is that when your team doesn't perform well, blame the wide receiver who's known for having a personality at best and in Oda, Antonio Brown's case, having a rap sheet, unfortunately for him, where he's done a lot of things bad off the field. But yeah, is that the only reason? No, clearly it's not. They've got some bigger issues there. Could also be too, the Saints are just... They came out a little more ready to play. I don't know how the Bucks wouldn't in this situation. You're trying to prove that it's different. You're trying to prove you're the better team over, you know, th the last few years where the Saints have had your number and they've been the better team for the last decade in your division. You'd think this would be the moment you come out and want to prove that that's not the case. And it didn't work out that way last night. It was a good gambling weekend for someone, not T-Bone and not me, but someone. Details next. Common Man and T-Bone on the fan. Fan traffic. From the Logan AC and Heat Services Traffic Center. Good afternoon. An accident to watch out for on the roads right now. You'll find an injury crash on West Broad Street, west of Wilson Road. It is causing some slowdowns in this area. Please be cautious as they work to get the roadway clear and plan on some backups in the meantime. This traffic report is sponsored by Allstate. If you're driving less, you could be saving more on car insurance. With pay-per-mile insurance from Allstate, pay for the miles you drive and save on the miles you don't. Call a local Allstate agent and get a quote now. On the NRA with fan traffic. What's the point of watching football all weekend if you can't overanalyze everything to death? That's why we bring you Reaction Monday. Sponsored by Taco Bell. The fan. Dare. Dare to be dumb. The team that is better on paper will win at least 50% of the time. This is Man and Bone. Reaction Monday. Yikes is coming up at 534. The segment that's not a segment. Thank you. Right. Uh, because I'm such a professional, I didn't pay off on my tease that I had from last segment, so I'll do that now. The Ravens have set a record with 31 straight games scoring 20 points or more. 31. The previous record belonged to the Broncos. They did that from 2012 to 2014. That is the Peyton Manning Broncos because... Well, they're not doing that now because they suck. But the Ravens, no, no, 31 straight games, 20 points or more. You would think that, you know, they're, you'd have an off day. There's stinkers, and they've obviously lost games during that stretch. But, you know, once upon a time, I know this is tough for younger people to realize, like scoring 20 points in an NFL game, that was the benchmark. <laughs> 
you yeah you, that if you was get what, over that that was pretty great yeah pretty if you score twenty points or more a game you're a playoff team pretty much every single year and that's averaging twenty points a game they've done that without fail for thirty one consecutive games yeah well and how many times have we seen teams have a game where this is how you measure a good playoff team too often is all right they didn't have their best stuff today they weren't hitting on all cylinders. But when it counted, they made a couple plays. They had someone make a hit a field goal and they won 17 to 10, right? Or you know, some some kind of scoreline that that like that where you say, "Yes, this was a battle between two good defenses and still our guys found a way." That's still good if you can do that. But yeah, to be able to get over 20 points in that many consecutive games is just ridiculous. Equally ridiculous, by the way, Mike. Hmm. In that game, that interception call for Marcus Peters. Yeah, how about how about that? <laughs> Okay, Teddy, I got to ask you, being one of the, uh, you know, surviving Cowboy fans of the Des Bryant, not a catch, whatever situation there in the playoffs, how much does that play burn you up to see them call that an interception? Is Ted oh, there? Okay, Ted's dead. All right, good. Ted, Ted is, Ted <laughs> is trying to figure stuff out today, man. He's, <laughs> it's okay. He's it's just, all right. It's all right. Ted, I is, I, let's not to even go. talk to Ted today right, fine. because no, I, no I talked to, to him in the first segment and then he yelled at me for the entire commercial break because <laughs> he was trying to figure there was some sort of fire with traffic well, someone, he had to put out. Someone should have let me know. I didn't know. He all right, was just, fine. Well, I thought it was fixed. I thought he was listening to his show now. <laughs> all right. But he's not. All this right. should illustrate the point again. We are not in the same studio with Ted, so we can't see him, so we don't know. Um, but I will – I just – that to me is as egregious of a call as you'll ever see. And I don't know. I know Al Rivera tried to like explain that one and there's sorry, no explaining I, I, it. No, there's it's a, not. A, there's 19 not a different criteria that offensive guys have to do in order to maintain a catch. And apparently when you're a defensive guy, all of that is out the window. Well, they said because he took three steps with the football that constituted enough of a movement to say that he had possession which no way i mean it was such a not a fumble that what usually happens mike when there's a close play that could have been a catch could have been a fumble ball ends up on the ground what usually happens doesn't someone fall on it or try to pick it up and run with it yeah like until the whistle gets blown no one did that like it the ball laid there for a few seconds before anyone even bothered to go over to it. I mean, it was so clearly an incompletion. I, I I usually think Phil Rivers, you know, when he complains, I'm not always there for every complaint he's ever had. He likes to run his mouth from time to time. Yeah. But <laughs> and so does Chuck Amato. He's a big fan of his uh, former quarterback. Phil but, Rivers was so upset last night. He didn't even go home and get his wife pregnant. That's how upset he was. Right. This is, but he was right when he got mad and said, "This is made by someone who's probably never played it down a football in their life, and whether they played or not, it doesn't that has matter." Nothing it's to do with understanding call. the rules. That's no, the it's thing. it's an egregious call. Yes, you can you can have never played football and still understand that that was terrible. But yeah, one of the worst calls we've seen in the NFL, and I can't believe they let it stand. I I, I know I don't understand that at all. One of us is a degenerate gambler, not me. But somebody had himself a good week this weekend. A better at the William Hill Sports Book at the Venetian Las Vegas is walking home a big winner after cashing in on a seven-leg parlay. The ticket was bought for four thousand okay. dollars and flipped for a to- flipped for Flip. a total payout of four hundred and forty-two thousand six hundred and forty-three dollars and forty cents. How about right. that? 
And now I'm quite sure that most people are aware of the gambling, uh, you know, terminology there. But just to break that down, this person spent four thousand dollars on a ticket where every single one of these had to be uh, the the result go in his favor or her favor, whoever it was that made this bet. And some of the games that were in question was like they took that Maryland money line straight up, took Maryland to win the game. That, yeah. That was a bit of a shock. Plus 1,200, right? by the way, was that line. Yeah. So they, they took all these different lines. And then what it came down to for them, and, and many of these were surprising results, uh, or at least su- could be termed as surprising results. But the one that it came down to at the very end was the Steelers-Cowboys game, where they actually thought, all right, I've, I've, that should be an easy one. You had the Steelers to win. Pretty simple bet. And then it turned out that was the one you had to sweat out the rest of the way uh, as they came back. The Steelers did and, and were able to score and win the game, but the Cowboys were driving right at the end. So, yeah, I can't imagine sitting there with $4,000 on the line. This this person also bet on Liberty to upset Virginia That's right. Tech, which That's they right. did. Obviously, Liberty had a uh, – Hugh Freeze called it the like one of the biggest moments of his career – this is a guy who knocked off Alabama when he was coaching at Ole Miss. So, yeah, pretty big victory for them. Pretty uh, exciting win for them as well, even though I can't stand him or Liberty University. Another story, another time. $440,000 for this better. It's pretty incredible. The L.A. Rams unveiled new uniforms this season, and the guy who designed the uniforms and T-Bone are the only two who like them. <laughs> I know, I know. It's sad that I, I want to please understand when I say this. I'm not saying I like them if I were a Rams fan. I get why Rams fans don't like them. I'm just saying if I had never seen any previous uniform iterations, I'm just looking at this one, eh, it's bold and exciting and okay, fine. Well, you like the bright colors. We know this about you. I'm attracted to the bright colors. You're exactly right. Well, now they say they want new uniforms every year. Their COO, Kevin Demoff, said on the Rams Revealed podcast that has dozens of listeners that the team is working with Nike on alternate uniform designs and may come out with new ones every single year. Let me ask you this, because I know you're a uniform snob like I'm a uniform snob. We just have different taste. Would you want your team, let's say they wear them for three games a season, so it's not every single week, but three games a season, alternate uniforms, and they're going to be different every single year. Would you be on board for that? Or do you want the tradition, wear the same stuff all the time? Yeah, I mean, again, talking about my team with the Browns, yes, I would want to have the traditional home and away, and that's that. I do acknowledge there are teams in the NFL I think it would work for, like the Seahawks could probably get away with doing something like that. Might be a few other teams, too, as well, where they've kind of built their brand around having different uniform looks. But, yeah, he he compared this, Kevin Demoff did, to – uh, like uh, soccer teams, which in Europe, soccer teams have their home jersey. They have what they call their change jersey, which is when they're playing someone else who has a jersey that's two similar colors, they change into that one. Uh, the alternate uniform, that does change every single year. And they are something... drastically different than oh, yeah. normal stuff. You could have your team colors could be blue and white. For your, for like, that's what your logo is. That's what you are. That's everything. And then when you go to wear your alternate jerseys, they could be like pink and orange. Like they right. just... They go nuts with it. I, I think that would be a bit too much for the NFL just because that's not the culture here, right? I mean, if if that's the culture, what your sport does, that's fine, but the NFL is a little different. Maybe they're trying to appeal in that way to a younger audience. I don't know. It might work for L.A. I don't think it would work everywhere. It certainly, for me, wouldn't work for the Browns. 
Breaking news, Justin Fields is good, and the numbers will tell us just how good Justin Fields has been. And I'll share them with you coming up next. Common Man and T-Bone on the fan. Fan traffic. From the Logan AC and Heat Services Traffic Center. Good afternoon. Watch out for an accident blocking two lanes of 270 southbound at Main Street. This is an injury crash blocking the two left lanes of the ramp and local lanes to I-70. There are emergency crews on scene trying to get things clear. Please be extra cautious and watch out for those crews. This traffic report is sponsored by Allstate. If you're driving less, you could be saving more on car insurance. With pay-per-mile insurance from Allstate, pay for the miles you drive and save on the miles you don't. Call a local Allstate agent and get a quote now. I'm Leanna Ray with Van Traffic. The Fan Guest Hotline is sponsored by Columbus Comfort Heating and Cooling. Doing whatever it takes to keep your home comfortable. The Fan, Ohio's sports destination. You wanted the best. Instead, you got these two. This is Common Man and T-Bone. Happy Monday, Reaction Monday. Man and Bone brought to you by Hinderer Motorsports here on The Fan. We were talking last segment about the dude or dudette who got the seven-team parlay to work out for them in Vegas this past weekend. $4,000 bet paid, what was the amount of money? I forgot what it was. $440,000. Okay. There's probably a very simple explanation to this, that this person just got extremely lucky, right? Or it could be this is a rich person that had 10 of these bets going on this weekend, And we just happened to hear about the one that hit, but we didn't hear about all the other ones that didn't hit. Those are all reasonable explanations. But allow yourself to think about this for one second. Is it possible that Back to the Future has come true and Biff has himself a Gray's Sports Almanac? And that's how we knew that all of this stuff was going to take. Who is going to take a parlay including... Maryland winning that game straight up against Penn State. Liberty beating Virginia Tech. This has got Gray Sports Almanac written all over it. Oh, yeah. Well, and again, we're not talking about if someone puts 50 bucks on it or, or uh, 100 bucks even, you know, maybe maybe even $500. That's an amount you could say, yeah, I've got some really strong feelings about all these games in this parlay. And I'm, you know, yeah, I'm going to put some money on it. I really $4,000 is a lot of money. I'm saying, like, that's not a casual gambler. Or if it is, it's a really rich casual gambler. That is either someone who just has no tethering to reality, and they're just like, yes, let me throw $4,000 at this, and they got bailed out and lucky for them, and good for them. I'm glad that hopefully they're not losing their shirt making that type of bet. But, yeah, if that's a really rich person who's put 10 of those out there, it is much less impressive to me. And if they do this every weekend, and it just so happens this is the one they've hit on, well, how many have they not hit on? And how many have they ended up losing on? Is it even the 400? Are they breaking even when they make $440,000 if that's the situation they're in? I have a lot of questions. I'd love to know more about whoever it was that placed this bet. All right, here's some breaking news for you. Justin Fields is good. Had another fantastic performance, thrown for five touchdowns on Saturday night against Rutgers. And here's how good he is. On the season, 86.7% completion percentage. Why did I say it like that? 86.7% completion percentage, whatever. You know what I mean. That is second in college football to Graham slash Fred Mertz, who's only played in one game. So that doesn't count. Right. 
only 3.6% of his passes have been off target. So 94.5% were catchable pass attempts. That speaks not only to him, but the receivers getting open and giving him such a, a great window to throw the football. 13.3% touchdown to pass attempt, which means every 133 times percent of the time he is throwing a touchdown pass easy for me to say 12.6 yards per completion and on the season through three games 908 yards passing 11 touchdowns and no picks we can point to the competition yes we can we can point to the state of defense in college football yes we can but unlike previous years Well, you look at a guy like J.T. Barrett, and I know it sounds like I crap on J.T. Barrett all the time, but J.T. Barrett was a very good college quarterback who was a product of his offense. You could look at some of his numbers and say, all right, but how many of those pass completions were little flick passes at the line of scrimmage that went for big yardage? You don't have that with Justin Fields. He's not running that same type of offense. For him to have these types of passing numbers – albeit against crappy competition, albeit through only three games, is truly extraordinary. Yeah, uh, of course it is. And that's why I think for all of us who, you know, were concerned and when the season got shut down, you know, we all had our, you know, our issues with trying to figure out is this the best way to go forward or, you know, is it even safe to play college football? All through all that discussion, the thing that I kept thinking about was, man, if this is the last time we get to see Justin Fields was – you know, the end of that Clemson game where it was one bad throw, one bad read between him and his wide receiver, uh, him and Chris Olave, you know, that that's that's frustrating, right? I, I thought that was a very unfair way for him to end his time at Ohio State, if that's what it ended up being, because we knew he was better than that. We know this offense is better than that. And so to get to see him come out and just play as as good as anyone in college football through the first three weeks that he's been on the field – I think that's uh, that's truly fitting, and it's good to see that he's been able to put up these numbers. We know the talent's there. I, I would be curious to see how he looks against better defenses, and he will get that chance eventually. But, yeah, right now – We don't know when back, that is. <laughs> well, yeah, but, I mean, if everything keeps going the way it is, there will be a good defense when you get to the college football playoffs, if nothing else. So, you know, I'm just I – am, I am enjoying watching this season, and that's what I'm trying to do is just – Week to week, enjoy it, man, because you just don't know how it's going to go this year with everything hanging around the sport. Hopefully he can you know, stay right, stay healthy, and keep putting up these ridiculous numbers. Well, to your point, how you don't know how things are going to go week to week, we saw a couple of cancellations, postponements in the SEC today. Michigan State and Auburn, Michigan State, Mississippi, Mississippi State, State yeah. and Auburn had to postpone their game because of positive tests. And Bama LSU they say, is in jeopardy this weekend because of some positive tests within the LSU program. So that's why this is such a tricky deal. That's why I said that the the opponent that we should be worried about every single week is not necessarily who the Buckeyes are playing on the football field, but it's all the extra stuff. It's all the intangibles because breaking news, 2020, weirdest year ever. Yeah, absolutely right. So let's hope that's not the case. I do think it's funny, though, Mississippi State, like Michael Leach was just talking about how he's sick and tired of looking at his players because they all have like clueless looks on the sidelines. So now, hey, good luck, good news. Now you don't have to watch them this week. Now you can just not play. Uh, and then for LSU, didn't Coach O say that they already got through COVID? <laughs> like the whole program basically got it. So apparently, COVID found the few people that hadn't had it yet, and that's sad to hear. But yeah, hopefully they can all stay healthy, get through that, and uh, get back on the field.
if you've missed anything from the first two hours of the program, we got you covered with the rundown coming up. Common Man and T-Bone on the fan. Fan traffic. From the Logan AC and Heat Services Traffic Center. Good afternoon. Watch out for an accident on Wilson Road north of I-70. It is causing some backups over here as they try to get the roadway clear. And traffic is slow on 71 southbound between 670 and East Broad Street. Plan on some backups in that area as rush hour continues to build. This traffic report is sponsored by Allstate. If you're driving less, you could be saving more on car insurance. With pay-per-mile insurance from Allstate, pay for the miles you drive and save on the miles you don't. Call a local Allstate agent and get a quote now. I'm Leanna Ray with Fan Traffic. Broadcasting from the Lindsay Honda Studios. Honda makes the cars. Lindsay makes the difference. Visit lindsayhonda.com. WBNSFM HD1 Columbus. The Fan Sports Center. Good afternoon. I'm Paul Keels. The AP preseason college basketball poll was released today with Gonzaga ranked number one in the nation, followed by Baylor, Villanova, Virginia, and Iowa. Ohio State ranked 23rd. Iowa's Luca Garza named the Big Ten's preseason player of the year. News coming today also that Michigan State head coach Tom Izzo has tested positive for the coronavirus and is in isolation. Arkansas head coach Sam Pittman has also tested positive for the virus. He'll miss the Razorbacks football game this weekend against number six Florida. Uh, the virus has claimed another SEC game that will be suspended, and that is Mississippi State and their game against Auburn called off because of the virus. NFL tonight, New York Jets host the New England Patriots. You can catch that game here on the fan. The virus also has prompted Sergio Garcia to withdraw from the Masters. Breaking sports news when it happens on the fan. Ohio sports destination. Just a couple of guys touching rim and sucking on breath mints. Uh, I'm, I'm, you know, I, with the, no, no. This is Man and Bone. Happy Monday. We have Yikes coming up at 534. It's the segment that's not a segment. Thank you. Right. Uh, Reichert Ford fan poll, 971thefan.com. Which team in the Big Ten has surprised you the most through three games? Penn State, who is 0-3, Meat Chicken, who is 1-2, Indiana, who is 3-0, and Northwestern, 3-0. I guess it's Indiana. I mean, all of these are surprising to a certain extent. I talked about Northwestern, how terrible their offense was last year, how bad they looked, and it's impressive they're 3-0. Michigan being 1-2 is obviously unacceptable, and we're going to talk about that in a second. Penn State being 0-3 is ridiculous. But I guess if I had to pick just one, it would be Indiana being 3-0. and I know they're a, a decent football program, and you love yourself, Bone, some Michael Penix Jr., my guy. Yeah, my guy, but too. He's that's my great. vote. Yeah, they're, they're surprising, but I do think Penn State, to me, is more of a shock just from the standpoint that, you know, Nebraska was complaining about their tough schedule. It obviously didn't quite pan out as being as tough because they didn't have to play Wisconsin – uh, but if you had told me, like, Nebraska is 0-3 at the start of the season, I'd say, yeah, okay, that, that makes way more sense than Penn State being 0-3 because they, as as yes, they had to play Ohio State, but they also had two what you would think would be relatively easier games that they lost. And that's, that's to me, the most shocking thing is them being 0-3 at this point in the year. So, yeah, that's where I'm going. Rundown, hit it, Teddy. Common Man and T-Bones, The Rundown. The Rundown. Sponsored by Boren Brothers Waste Services, the real local trash company. Boren Brothers, taking out the trash. Buckeyes beat Rutgers on Saturday night, 49-27. to 
Uh, got out to that big lead at the half, a little slow to start the game. Then that second quarter came out like gangbusters, and that was the game right there. And they played that second half like that was the game right there. I know it's impossible to expect your football team to go out there every single possession when they know they are head and shoulders better than their opponent. When you look up at that scoreboard and say there's no chance you're losing this football game, it's almost impossible to go out every single possession and perform like you're capable of performing. And I think the Buckeyes fell into that trap on Saturday. They were outscored in the second half by Rutgers. Good news, unless you're the Indianapolis Colts, you don't raise banners for outscoring a team in the second half. The first half was out of control. It was out of reach for Rutgers. The Buckeyes knew it, and I think they took their foot off the gas. You brought up, Bone, some very real questions about the defense. Are they playing their best football? No. Have they hit their stride? No. The good news is they've got a long time to figure out how to make it happen, how to hit that stride, how to get back to playing silver bullet-type defense, because I don't think there's really anybody in this conference that's going to challenge them. Their opponent is going to be, once you get to the playoffs, and dealing with coronavirus all season long. Yeah, and defensively, I I don't want to be completely down on this defense. I do think that they have got a lot of a lot of room for improvement. I guess is the best way I would say that. I don't think they're a bad defense. I just think they're not to the level that we've expected from Ohio State. And they're Part capable of, of that improvement. I think so. I mean, I I think the secondary has not looked as good as they they could, and you couple that with the fact that they've not really been getting the pass rush consistently getting the pass rush that I think most Buckeye fans have come to expect, you know, and, and that defensive line has always been so good under urban Meyer and now Ryan day. So, you know, this is, this is something that I think is a bit of an adjustment. And by the way, is it shocking that if you're not getting tremendous pass rush, the way that we've seen Ohio state do it in the past, that the secondary also is not looking as good, right? Don't you think that kind of goes yeah, hand in hand? Like, and we're spoiled because not only do you, you have a good pass rush, you have the best defensive line in all of football. So you're right. You're not the best this year. You're just so far good, and that changes the way the defense looks. Yeah. So I, I'm not, like I said, I'm not down on it on them completely. I do think there's a lot of room for improvement, and I think improvement will be made uh, over the course of the season. The reality is there aren't a lot of offenses, even if the defense was terrible there aren't a lot of offenses in this conference that can keep up with the Ohio State offense if it's just trading points with with no resistance. That won't be the case. There will be resistance from this defense. The question is, can they build it up enough by the time they need to when they play better offenses to be able to win those bigger games? But that's down the road. Right now I'm just focusing week to week and, and excited to see what they can do. Hopefully they uh, can continue to bounce back. I also think the Rutgers offense, it was gimmicky. It was stupid. An offensive lineman caught a touchdown pass. Let's not panic about them scoring a few touchdowns at the end of the game after it was well decided. I I don't think we need to freak out about that. Maryland is up next on the schedule. Maryland just beat Penn State, who, by the way, is 0-3. So when you look at this Maryland team, do you look at them and say, oh, well, they they beat Penn State, so we should be concerned about things this upcoming weekend or do you look at it and say I don't know what beating Penn State means and I I don't this Maryland team may be improved they're certainly playing better than they did week one against Northwestern but I still don't look at this game on Saturday and say well if things break this way and this way and this way Buckeyes could have a real fight on their hands I still think it's it's obvious they're going to take care of business 
I think so too. One other thing to keep in mind with Penn State, just to put them in back in focus for a moment, is Penn State comes off a week where they played Ohio State. This happens a lot of times, right? Teams play Alabama, they play Clemson, and then you look at them the next week where they might play those teams really tough, and then the next week they come out and they almost lose or they do lose to an inferior opponent. Right. And people say, wow, how'd that happen? Well, the answer is because you just played one of the toughest teams in the country, and that can be physically challenging. That can just be, you know, there's attrition. There are players that don't end up playing the next week. There are guys that if they do play, they're not right because they've been banged up from a really tough physical game. So I think keeping that in mind, Maryland, you know, coming off of their game and now playing Penn State – they they got to play Penn State after Ohio State had softened them up. Doesn't mean that Penn State would have won that game if they hadn't played Ohio State. I'm just trying to keep that all in perspective that now Maryland has to actually play Ohio State. Let's see how that goes, and I do think it'll be a, a different story for them than it was uh, against Penn State. What is it, 3.30 this weekend? I forget. You tell me. I think it's 3.30. Okay. Teddy says yes. 3.30 this weekend right here on The Fan. New AP poll is out. Uh, Alabama moves up a spot to one. Notre Dame is up two spots to two. They got their big double overtime win against Clemson this past weekend. Ohio State stays put at three. Clemson drops three spots to four. Texas A&M is up two spots at five. Florida is at six after beating Georgia. They're up two spots. Bearcats drop a spot to seven. BYU is up a spot to eight. They had a very impressive victory, albeit against Boise State, but still it was a ranked team they just kicked the crap out of. Miami is ninth up two spots, and Indiana into the top ten up three spots at number ten. Wisconsin's at 13 despite just playing a one single football game, and Northwestern is at 23, and that is it for the Big Ten. Yeah, yeah, I, uh, I'm i not surprised by that. This is a weird year for the Big Ten. Interesting to see Indiana in the top ten. I kind of hope they stay there. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. That'd be that'd be good. Like, just you be do? cool to have. I don't yeah, care. Why not? I well, I mean, you know. I, I just, you know, I, I, we, we look at it. I love how we have the separation for football and basketball. I hate Indiana basketball with the white-hot intensity of a thousand suns. But we just sort of look at Indiana football like, ah, plucky. Let's say, let's give them some good <laughs> vibes and maybe they'll do something. It's still the same fan base that we hate. Yeah, that's a fair point. I just, I don't know why. I don't. I can separate those two out just because the basketball team is different for me. And because football is just... I don't think most of their fans are fans of Indiana because of the football team. I think they hurt more when the basketball team loses. But you're right. If it makes Indiana fans happy, I probably shouldn't be happy about it. Uh, Michigan loses. They are 1-2. and two. This is certainly not the start that they expected. And now it seems like everybody has joined the caravan that Jim Harbaugh is the wrong man for this job and they are overpaying for crappy performance. I saw an article in the Toledo Blade today talking about possible replacements for Jim Harbaugh. So let me toss some names at you, and you tell me what you think. If all of these names were available to you, which they won't be, but let's assume they all have called you A.D. Bone, and they've said, I want this Michigan job, who are you taking? There is Matt Campbell, Iowa State, Luke Fickle, of course, former Buckeye, now down with the Bearcats. Bob Stoops is a name. We last saw him in the XFL, but, of course, won a national championship in 18 years at Oklahoma. You have Brett Venables, who was the Clemson defensive coordinator. Pat Fitzgerald from Northwestern is on this list. He's not going anywhere, but he's mentioned. Well, right. 
if you're saying all those names are available, though. Well, hold on. I'm I not mean, done. Oh, I'm going okay. to give you more. a couple I, more I, I names. More. Okay. P.J. Fleck from Minnesota and Kyle Whittingham from Utah. Those are all the names. They've all called you A.D. Bone. You have to make the best decision possible for the future of Michigan football. Who are you taking? Um, the two guys that would be at the top of my list, the head coach would be Luke Fickle. The coordinator that we're bumping up would be Brent Venables. But here's the reality. I can't picture in a million years Luke Fickle going to coach at Michigan. I Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he will prove us all wrong and say, nope, that's okay. I, I welcome the challenge, and I'm excited to go up to the state up north and Screw Ohio State, the school that I've had 20 years of history with. Maybe. I don't know. He may he may feel burned on that and want to go up there. I can't see it, but perhaps. Um, right, but I also don't think, I don't think Brett Venable is going to be available either. He's turned down better opportunities than what's at Michigan right now. That's a bigger build than some of the jobs he's had an option to take, and Clemson has locked him down by paying him gobs of money to right, remain let, their let defensive coordinator. Luke Fickle's a very loyal guy. And normally I would say there's not a chance – that somebody of his stature, what he's been able to accomplish, would wrap up his coaching career at Cincinnati. But he may. Who the hell knows? He's got a, a family who loves the, the area, and he may decide it's not worth it to me. I'm already doing what I want to do, and I'm making millions of dollars doing it in the state of Ohio. So there's a chance he stays there. But let's say that Michigan job comes a-calling, Let's say, perhaps, maybe not this year, but next year, that Penn State job comes a-calling. Or maybe in a few years, that Notre Dame job comes a-calling. Which one would he take? Which one should he take, I guess? If all three of those are available, I go for the Notre Dame job. Just... Because I know Just Notre Dame is not because it doesn't have they... a direct effect on, well, on us, no, on you? Not ne- no, not necessarily that. I mean, I think that, that would be part of it maybe for his decision-making. But of the three of them, I think Notre Dame, there's just some other level with that, uh, with being at Notre Dame. It's such a prestigious university. And if you are the one that gets them over the hump to win a national championship, you basically can write your check for the rest of your life there. So, And same, I guess, at Penn State and Michigan, but I feel like – Notre Dame is leagues closer to accomplishing something like that than Penn State or Michigan are. Like, if you're coming in and replacing Brian Kelly, it might be because he's gone to the NFL. So I'd, I'd much rather go into a position like that where I've got already a high floor and the ceiling is – is ex, the expectations are much higher, but also I don't have as much to rebuild. It's just maintaining and growing it, and I think that would be the better situation of those three. All right, Teddy, let's wrap it up. Common Man and T-Bones, The Rundown. The Rundown. Sponsored by Boren Brothers Waste Services, the real local trash company. Boren Brothers, taking out the trash. Buckeye basketball will be here soon. Chris Holtman is getting some help. Details next. Common Man and T-Bone on the fan. Fan traffic. From the Logan AC and Heat Services Traffic Center. Good evening. Some road construction to watch out for on the roads right now. You'll find the roadway reduced to one lane on I-70 westbound at the 71 East Split. Traffic is backed up to Miller in this area. Please be cautious and watch out for heavy slowdowns where traffic begins to merge. This traffic report is sponsored by Allstate. If you're driving less, you could be saving more on car insurance. With pay-per-mile insurance from Allstate, pay for the miles you drive and save on the miles you don't. Call a local Allstate agent and get a quote now. I'm Leanna Ray with fan traffic. 
sponsored by Hinderer Motorsports. Catch the stupidity weekdays from 3 to 6. The Fan, Ohio's sports destination. Highly medicated, barely educated. This is Common Man and T-Bone. Tonight on The Fan, Buckeye Roundtable comes your way 6 o'clock. Skip Mossick, Paul Keels, Jim Lachey, two big hours of Buckeye goodness, recapping the game against Rutgers, looking forward to Maryland this weekend. Then at 8 o'clock tonight, it is Monday Night Football, Patriots at the Jets. Catch all the action right here on The Fan. Uh, actually, our guy Timmy Hall is hosting tonight, believe it or oh, not. Oh, he is? Yeah. For Roundtable? So, yes. Everything okay with Skip? I I don't know. That's what I was just told. I, I hope was so. Because I got to say, that's uh, Tim hosting your show. That is desperado. <laughs> Come on, I'm excited to hear Timmy get in desperado. there and mix it up. I hope Skip's okay. Skip must be in the hospital. That's the only explanation. Well, yeah, Skip would fight through just about anything to be on that show. To be fair, he's uh, one of the best in the business. He he does everything. So yeah, of that's course. right. I'm just kidding. Timmy, I'm looking forward to it. And I'm looking forward to Keels and Lachey chewing you up and spitting you out on that show tonight. Make sure to listen. Two big hours starting at 6 o'clock right here on The Fan. Uh, Buckeye basketball will be starting soon. And we have talked about the depth, especially at the guard position on this team, is not necessarily uh, vast at this point. However... It was helped when Jimmy Sotos was allowed eligibility, so he'll come in as a transfer and be able to play. And now I just saw today that Michi, Michi Johnson, who was a 2021 guy, is going to reclassify to 2020. He's going to enroll next month and be able to play this year. He's a 6'2 point guard. He was a 2021 guy, number 76 overall in the class, 14th ranked point guard in the class, second in the state of Ohio. So he's going to be able to come in, reclassify, and play right away, and I assume he will get minutes on this team. I did see a couple people asking, well, is this, a, is this a smart move to come in and ruin a year of eligibility and come sit on the bench? Well, that's the beauty part about this. The NCAA has already ruled that 2020, 2021 doesn't really count when it comes to eligibility, so he will still be a freshman next year. This is a yeah. win-win situation. Yeah, I, I, I think for any player that's in that situation that, you know, it, it you can't replace your senior year of high school for a lot of people, but if you are a star athlete, there is a little bit of a different lifestyle in general that you lead, right? Where, yeah, you're you're enjoying high school, you're you're wanting to be a part of that scene, but also you're trying to prepare and get ready. And a lot of guys in high school, anyway, like when it comes to football, they're enrolling in January to get on campus. So is this that much different? No, especially when, like you said, it doesn't matter. Let's say he gets here, it's December, the season's already started up, so he's going to be behind in that way. He's going to have to integrate with the team. He's going to have to learn the playbook. He's going to have to you know, figure out how what it means to be a Buckeye, all those things. Let's say he doesn't play a ton until maybe February where he starts to see some notable minutes in the games. That's still better than nothing and it doesn't cost him a season of eligibility. So I'd say anybody that's in that position that can make it happen where you can reclassify, it, it'd kind of be foolish not to if that's your goal is to be on campus and learn as much as you can about your new team. So, 
yeah, I think this is uh, only a good thing for him and for Ohio State. I assume he's going to have opportunities. I also don't assume that he made this decision just like by himself where he said, hey, I'm just going to show up on campus. If they use me, they use me. I have a feeling that Chris Holtman and this Ohio State coaching staff has been in contact, and they told him, hey, you know, if, you, if you're able to, if you're able to graduate early and come on in, well, then we may have some, some space for you when it comes to minutes. I don't think this decision was just made with him saying, well, that would be cool. There's been some thought put to well, this. Right, yeah, so – that also is partially made possible by Abel Porter suddenly announcing that uh, they are not that he's not going to go on with his uh, basketball career. Absolutely. So, yeah, I mean that's a that's a tough situation, but it did open up a scholarship. So you're right. I'm sure there was some coordination by you know the coaching staff to say, hey, any of you guys who want to try to do this, we now have a scholarship open for you. So that was something that was not previously available. So that works out. And, uh, yeah, so it's a situation that came available, and they made the best of it. Obviously, it sucks for Abel Porter, and, and you wish him the best. But, uh, you know, the basketball program's got to do what's best for them, and they've offered this opening to uh, Michi Johnson. Hopefully he can make the best of it. Michi, my guy, <laughs> my college guy, basketball yeah. AP is out today. Gonzaga is number one, getting 28 first-place votes. Baylor is second, Villanova third, Virginia fourth. Iowa is the first Big Ten team in a season that looks poised to have a lot of Big Ten teams in the top 25. It looks like a deep conference. Kansas is sixth, Wisconsin seven, Illinois eight, Duke nine, and Kentucky ten. You have Michigan State coming in at 13, and then you have the Buckeyes at 23. Rutgers is, are 24th, and Meat Chicken rounds out the top 25 at 25. Buckeyes at 23. You were out last week. And we were looking at the Ken Palm rankings to start the season. Ken Palm had the Buckeyes as the number 10 team in the country and the second best team in the Big Ten. I looked at that and didn't see what he was looking at. I hope he's right. I hope we are talking about a top 10 basketball team and the second best team in this conference. But this year especially, I think it's going to be a really deep, talented conference with a lot of good basketball teams. We saw a CBS poll last week that had the Buckeyes at 23. That rang true to me. This AP poll today at 23, that rings true to me. That's not to say they can't improve on this, but given the state of the conference right now, I think number 23 in the country, fifth, sixth best team battling for that in this conference, that's about where I expect them to start the season. Yeah, I don't think that's wrong, just because there's so many questions, right? Like, EJ Liddell, I, I really liked some of his play last year, but he is going to need to take a big step forward for this team to be what they can be. And They're he has need... the talent to do it. You're right. We just have to see yeah. it consistently. But but how many times have we said that with players where it's like, well, if this guy takes a step, if you know, if Dwayne Washington can can continue to play better, if CJ Walker can play like he did towards the end of the season last year, or what ended up being the end of the season, we didn't know it was going to end that abruptly. Right. But these are the steps that if those things all occur and some of the new guys that are coming in can bring a little bit to the table as well, then yeah, you're talking about a team that I think can be better than just a top 20 or a, yeah, top 25 team. You know, that's, that's a good starting point, but I don't think that's where the Buckeyes want to be at the end of the season clearly. And you know, it would be, it's a nice floor to kind of start with. And I hope that that's where they actually sit. Coming up next. It's the segment. That's not a segment. It's yikes. Common man and T-bone. I'm a fan. Fan traffic. From the Logan AC and Heat Services Traffic Center. 
Good evening. You're going to find some heavy, heavy slowdowns on I-70 westbound at the 71 East Split. Construction work does have the roadway reduced to one lane in this area. Traffic is stop and go from Elm Creek Drive and still continues to build. Tap those brakes. It's going to be about a 10-minute slowdown. This traffic report is sponsored by Allstate. If you're driving west, you could be saving more on car insurance. With pay-per-mile insurance from Allstate, pay for the miles you drive and save on the miles you don't. Call a local Allstate agent and get a quote now. I'm Leanna Ray with Fan Traffic. Every Monday during football season is a time for reaction. Some people may call it Reaction Monday. And we're those people. Reaction Monday. Sponsored by Taco Bell. The Fan. Did you feel that? It's your radio getting fatter. Getting fatter. Chubby time. This is Common Man and T-Bone. Happy Monday. Yikes is coming up in mere moments. Thank you. I've been getting a lot of messages asking me, what is the weird sound on Leanna's traffic reports today? Yeah, I don't know the answer, but I'm going to say it's her false teeth that she has in her mouth. It, to me, it sounded like she was like someone was brushing their teeth into the microphone. <laughs> I know. We have no talking. idea what it is. We don't know what it is. <laughs> but that's all the reaction I've gotten so far. Not, hey, the show sucks today. Not, yeah. oh, you made some good or bad points. It's, what is going on with Leanna's traffic? Why does it sound like she has marbles in her mouth? I know. I Well, I don't know the answer on that, but uh, I wish her nothing but the best. And if someone is brushing their teeth uh, in her house and she does not want that to happen, I hope they stop and I hope they leave. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do we have? Oh, it's yeah. What do we have? Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. Wow, what is it? Oh, hey, now oh. Ted's on top of it. He's on top of it. <laughs> Shall I start? Yeah, go ahead. It's a segment that's not a segment. Are we alone in the universe? A question asked by many. Not many in the T-Bone family, but many. A new study suggests that our Milky Way galaxy could have 300 million planets capable of sustaining life. 300 million. Yikes. Now, we haven't discovered most of these planets. It's simply a calculation, but yikes. Um, my first yikes is going to go to Virginia Tech head coach Justin Fuente. Fuente. Uh, he was tied up 35-35 between Virginia Tech and surprisingly good Liberty University. That would be the place where Hugh Freeze landed after his scandal where he was calling escorts, you might remember, because... As he put it, uh, only Jesus can handle his junk, is uh, I believe the quote. So anyway, Hugh Freeze is there at Liberty. He's coaching him up. He's got him playing well. And it looked like they were going to try to attempt a, what, 51-yard field goal, something in that range. Uh, As the kick was happening, Virginia Tech rushed in, blocked the kick, picked it up, and ran it back for a touchdown. No time left on the clock. That sent them into hysteria, right? That should have been all she wrote for Virginia Tech and winning the game. Unfortunately, Justin Fuente called timeout right before the blocked field goal, and wouldn't you know it, after that, they were able to kick the field goal, and Liberty hit the field goal, and they won. And that is the <laughs> just the stunning victory in your grasp going from that moment of elation all the way down to, oh, no, we just lost to Liberty University. That's a big yikes. I went out and bought my Liberty T-shirt. After that game. Did you? Yep. Good for you. All right. And so. he is the only one I've ever met that can handle my junk. Mm-hmm. That's actually what it had on there. By the way, breaking news in that quote that we never talk about, he says he met Jesus Christ, like met him. So good. That's awesome. 
Well, I, I assume he has had a personal relationship with him. I mean, I'm just saying I was, in, I was in the faith all long, long time, and I never got that opportunity. So all right, well, <laughs> that's because he's not even bothering with you. He sees you and says you're a lost right. cause. That's, that's fine. Go ahead, Teddy. All right. My first yikes is we all know that the Buccaneers, they got blown out last night by the Saints, 38-3. to But did you know that Tampa broke an 87-year-old record last night? They set the record for fewest rushing attempts in a game. They only rushed the ball five times all night for a grand total of eight yards. And really, it's only four attempts because Blaine Gabbert, he kneeled down on the last play of the game, and that counted as one rush. Yikes. Four. Four. Uh, Speaking of rushing, that's my next one. We know things are not going well for Meat Chicken. And we're a long time removed from Tim Biakabatuka. But against Indiana, the Wolverines ran the ball just 18 times. Yikes. For a total of 13 yards. Yikes. Just a reminder, Jim Harbaugh made 833 grand coaching that game this weekend. Yikes. Yikes is right. Uh, my second yikes, we are going to go to 20,310-foot Mount Denali in Alaska. Above or right on Mount Denali, you will find a stunning glacier, Mike. Tons of incredible views, and sadly, lots of frozen poo. <laughs> oh, because no. humans have ascended this mountain many a time. You may have previously heard it called Mount McKinley, uh, but they ascended this since 1906, and Unfortunately, or we'll just out of necessity, they've had to leave behind uh, some remnants of uh, themselves. And so that's that's there. They are now saying scientists are concerned that as the glacier on Mount Denali starts to melt, they believe that the frozen poo will become unfrozen poo. And they're saying it could become a poo river heading down Mount Denali to where... More tourists end up, and so they are trying to figure out where the poo usually has been uh, ditched and buried and thrown away and where those likely pockets are and then how those will channel out. And they actually have scientists trying to predict this using, you know, computer technology to figure out where's the most likely path if it starts melting here. Where can we start to see These the poo rivers? These are the ones who so. on the vaccine. They're like, hey, man, don't help with the vaccine. We need you to help with the poo river. Right. So uh, hopefully if you go to see Mount Denali in Alaska, you will not be struck by the poo river. But if you are, yikes. All right. My second yikes is uh, Penn State. Uh, well, they lost to Maryland 35-19 to on Saturday. Now they're 0-3 on the season. We're starting 19 years They had won the previous three games against Maryland by a combined score of 163-6, to and they were favored in this game by nearly four touchdowns. James Franklin, you get a yikes from me. Yeah, I agree with that. So let me ask you a question. So when you walk your dog, you have to pick up your dog's poo and put it in a bag. Right. But if you're on Mount Denali... And you're hiking to the top. You just <laughs> poo right on the ground. You think they put trash cans 20,000 feet above well, sea maybe level? Well, they should make it where no. you have to carry the little baggy, human poo baggies and pick up your poo. They're trying to keep from dying, Mike. That's the point. People well, they, die they, up on what? these mountains. I'm sorry. Like a gun to your head saying, please climb this mountain? That's one of the prereqs. If you're going to climb a mountain, you got to pick up your poo. 
Do you have weak bowels? If so, no climbing for you. That's Sorry, right. you bought all the Torg equipment. could not climb Denali. <laughs> Sorry, I, you dude, bought all that I equipment. I just had a granola bar. I got a squat, dude. <laughs> well, I hope the Pooh River doesn't flow on you, dude. Uh, yeah, actually, also, I mean, it's not healthy, but if you're already up that high, you're trying to, you know, like, why not just... Just go. You just go, man. You're already there. It's already miserable. Yeah, just, just go until it just <laughs> flows down no, I'm on just the saying, unsuspecting houses. No, I'm saying just in your you know, wear a diaper or something. I don't know. You got a lot of business you're trying to take care of up there. Why are we taking bathroom breaks? Let's just get to the top, get back down. That astronaut lady, remember that lady was trying to go uh She's going to murder somebody. Yeah, she wore a diaper for like 12 hours to drive. I mean, I know it takes longer than that to scale a mountain, but how dedicated are you? That's what I'm asking. All right, here's my final yikes. I made snickerdoodle cookies this past weekend. They were delicious. They that should never like... be a yikes. That's no, snickerdoodles are second. Great. They tasted like cinnamon toast crunch in cookie form. Delicious. But what surprised me is how many people got in touch with me saying they had never heard of a snickerdoodle cookie. Wow. I didn't know that this was such an exotic creation. These poor saps have gone their entire lives without knowing the joy of cinnamon sugar goodness. And for that, I say, yikes. Yeah, that's that's not a you problem. That's a them problem. Get out of the house. Remember that Go. Billy Joel album, River of Pooh? That was a good one. <laughs> in the middle of the night. I go walking in my sleep. And on, and on the cover, he was standing next to an outhouse that was tipped over going, <laughs> uh-oh. And it's like, well, that's very on the nose, Billy. <laughs> You're right. Draw the little cartoon. Uh oh. Uh oh. Little word bubble. <laughs> he's pointing. He's like, this will become a river if you go downhill like thirty feet or so. It will. Well, be you a know river. what I have right in front of my house now. What do you have? Right, because they're building the house right next door. They have decided to put the porta potty right in front of my house. Oh, good. Sort of on the edge of the property line. So if I'm sitting in my office, poo poo time. Oh, you just get a you get a smell. You get a I, I don't get it. I don't know if I'll get a smell because I don't think anybody's used it yet. They just delivered the porta potty today, but I mm. I'm going to see somebody go in there and I know what's going on. River yeah. poo. <laughs> That's exactly right. Uh, my final yikes. It's not a total yikes, but I feel bad for this guy, so I put him in there. And also, Ted stole one of mine. So, damn you, Ted. Uh, Denny Hamlin. He's one of the best drivers in NASCAR. He was in the final four for the championship, had one of the, the best cars all year long, even better than some of the guys also in the playoffs that made it to the final four. He was in the final four last year too. And in both years, he just could not find the speed and could not get it done in the biggest race of his life. He's 40 years old. He's had multiple attempts at this. I don't know how many more chances he's going to get. So if Denny Hamlin, if that was your best shot and you blew it, yikes. I feel like before Ted gets to his last one, you know, Biden talked to the nation on Saturday hmm. and he talked about many things. But I feel like Pooh River should have made the speech. Well, I think so. I and feel I like think... that's an I mean, he's he's clearly involved in climate change. I feel like and the river of Pooh, I'm going to stop the river of Pooh. And I don't know how he has a southern accent, but he Maybe. does when I impersonate. I just want to point out that neither candidate is addressing the major issue of our times. Yes. Which Pooh was river. the Pooh River on Mount Denali. How are we not talking about this? Why was this not given anything in the presidential debates? We need more time for that.
All right, Teddy, go ahead. All right, my final yikes. Uh, we're going to head out to Kansas. We know their football team is really bad, and they proved that once again on Saturday. They got beat by Oklahoma 62-9. to But it didn't help that they had quite a few players miss the game due to injury or COVID issues. Les Miles, our guy, he said after the game they had 39 players inactive for that game. Maybe they shouldn't have played that game. No kidding. Yeah, 39 How, how are they allowed to play? How is that within rules? I 39. I have no idea. Hey, uh, does the check still cash, Mike, when they put team without 39 players on the field? The answer is yes. So that's how that happens. They still played. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you, everyone. But thank you, River of Pooh. Back page coming up next. Common Man and T-Bone on the fan. Fan traffic. From the Logan AC and Heat Services Traffic Center. Good evening. Watch out for a disabled vehicle in the construction zone of I-70 westbound at the 71 East Split. This is this disabled vehicle is blocking the left lane. Traffic is stop and go for Miller and Still Building. Please be extra cautious over here as I try to get the situation cleaned up. This traffic report is sponsored by Allstate. If you're driving less, you could be saving more on car insurance. With pay per mile insurance from Allstate, pay for the miles you drive and save on the miles you don't. Call a local Allstate agent and get a quote now. I'm Leanna Ray with Fan Traffic. Want to know anything about the fans' contests, how to win, or what's up for grabs? Check out 971thefan.com. The Fan, Ohio's sports destination. Buckeye Roundtable coming up at the top of the hour. Two big hours of Buckeye conversation. Normally, we don't have crosstalk with the host of Buckeye Roundtable because Skip Mossick has no desire to talk to us, and I don't blame him. But tonight... It's Timmy Hall hosting. Hello, Timmy. You guys, and I always have desire to talk to you. It's the best part of my day. Well, you have to. It's in your contract. You must show up for the abuse every single day on this show if you're able. Yeah, of course. How are you guys doing today? Good weekend? Fantastic weekend, and it's a fantastic Monday night because now I get to listen to you talk about the, the Buckeyes on Buckeye Roundtable. Are you excited? You know, this is probably the most nervous I've ever been in my radio life. You should be. It's a nerve-wracking this... shift, and I used yeah. to do it once upon a time, and it ruined my entire life. So I hope that uh, you enjoy it tonight. It's just a, it's a statewide show. It's a network show. And I know Beamer and I have been doing that for postgame, but still, the, the, the chair that I'm sitting in for postgame, it, things are more fluid. It's just sort of a read-and-react type of thing. This one... The uh, the level to which you have to play the point guard position, I don't know how Skip keeps everything straight every single Monday for two hours. So, and he's never, to my knowledge, I've I've never filled in on this show. Well, I know that, but I don't know if Skip's ever missed one of these. So this is a rare thing. He's usually here. I mean, these guys do the show once a week, and it's only during football season. So I don't know if anyone's ever been tabbed to fill in. So I'm freaking out right now, but it's going to be cool. Ryan Day will be on this program in about 40 minutes from now. So we'll get the after-practice check-in from Coach Day. I have faith in you, and I don't take this the wrong way. I root for disaster when you're on because it makes it I makes know. for good How conversation nice. the next day. Like when you it's were better. doing the the high school football play by play, right? You know, when you said you're going to do that, I got all excited because I thought we would just have <laughs> you know great funny audio to play forever. Mm, but dogs. it it pissed me off when you were actually quite good at it. So I'm hoping for disaster tonight. And I'm sure you'll screw me and actually do a very good job. So 
Godspeed, my friend. I appreciate that. I will I will try my best to be a professional. I will have professionals all around me, so there's a certain standard that you're going to have to keep up. Working with the big daddy Paul Keels and with Jim Lachey, it'll be fun tonight. Buckeye Roundtable, top of the hour, right here on The Fan. Back page, hit it. The Back Page. The Back Page. With Common Man and T-Bone. Sponsored by Care Heating and Cooling. When you need a company you can trust, call 1-800-COOLING. Well, well, man, uh, some sad news from over the weekend, as you've probably heard by now. Beloved host of Jeopardy, Alex Trebek, passed away at the age of 80 after a battle with pancreatic cancer. Uh, legendary television personality that, uh, you know, accolades have been pouring in from all over the world. People talking about how much they enjoyed watching him on TV. But I found this little bit of news interesting because I was not aware of this. Um, there will still be Jeopardy episodes, new ones, that will feature him. He finished taping his final episode of Jeopardy about 10 days before he passed away. That episode is set to air on Christmas Day. So... You know, it's mm. going to be a weird they Christmas have new anyway. Jeopardy on Christmas Day. Well, I think that's a, this is a special thing they're doing because of the fact that it's his final episode oh, okay. and it was taped right. before his death. So, you know, look, I mean, we're all going to be kind of emotional around. I think the holidays. I do think there are probably a lot of people who will miss seeing their family. Uh, I know, Mike, you may not be one of those people, but uh, <laughs> are you kidding? I never want to see him again. That's what I'm saying. So like, like, but Kevin McAllister here, right? There will be some people who will miss seeing their family. So maybe seeing Alex Trebek one last time on your television will will seem like that familiar voice that you're missing otherwise. In your, by the uh, way, it's it's holidays. very fitting. It's very fitting that Alex Trebek and Sean Connery are gone within yeah. like ten days of each other because. Pretty interesting. Now it's their alter egos. You'll rue the day, Trebek. <laughs> right. Yeah, that of course, the legendary legendary SNL sketch that I'll take those the guys. penis mightier. <laughs> <laughs> Damn you, uh, Trebek. Yes, indeed. Uh, and, and this one, Mike, I put in just for you. Virgin Hyperloop. That's the big technology, right? They're going to shoot us through a tube. We're going to go everywhere in like you know, 20 told. minutes from Columbus to Chicago, even yeah, though sure. probably not. Um they did test it out with passengers for the first time over the weekend. They hit the they whopping speed. No, they hit the whopping speed of 107 miles an hour. Which, okay. That's good. That's what High speed rail's been around since the 60s. Can we just get that, please? Why are we doing this stupid thing with Hyperloop? We don't need it. Because we need everything to be no. new and fashionable. Yeah, whatever. Buckeye Roundtable's coming up next. Monday Night Football at 8. We'll see you back here tomorrow. Common Man and T-Bone on the fan. Fan traffic. From the Logan AC and Heat Services Traffic Center. Good evening. Watch out for that disabled vehicle in the road construction area of I-70 westbound at the 71 East split. It is blocking the left lane in this area. Traffic is stop and go from Elm Creek Drive and still continues to build. You're going to find some heavy slowdowns here for quite some time. This traffic report is sponsored by Allstate. If you're driving less, you could be saving more on car insurance. With pay-per-mile insurance from Allstate, pay for the miles you drive and save on the miles you don't. Call a local Allstate agent and get a quote now. I'm Leanna Ray with Fan Traffic. Hey, Common Man here. I know what you're thinking. This guy again. But we have some special bonus stuff for you. Sponsored, of course, by our friends, Care Heating and Cooling. Call 1-800-COOLING when you need a company you can trust. One is angry. The other one is bald. What do you think I mean, bald? Bald. Bald, bald. Here's Man and Bone. 
I want to point something out. All right. I too would be bald if I don't if I didn't take these pills every single day. <laughs> I've been taking the Propecia pills or whatever the generic is called now. Yeah. For almost twenty years. It's called amateur Pecia. <laughs> I didn't think about it for a second. Good job. <laughs> and I'm so terrified that if I stop taking these pills, like my hair will just fall out in one day. All of it. Yeah. Well, it's funny because we were watching last night. I had the NBA games on and uh, ESPN. I'm trying to remember who was alongside uh, Richard Jefferson. I wanted, Richard I Jefferson. Yes. Uh, maybe. I don't remember. It's one of the bald guys that does ESPN broadcast, whatever. And so Richard Jefferson is obviously shaved head. This guy also shaved head, you know, probably trying to forestall the inevitable. And Melissa's like, wow, man, everybody's just, you know, out here not embracing their baldness. And I'm like, you're, I, I too shave. Like, I don't let it grow long. I don't have like the, you know, coconut with a Hulu skirt on it. Like, no, I'm not going to do you that. Need a different look. And you can't shave it all the way. No, you I can't be totally bald. You look like a clan member. Thanks. Thanks. You, you would. You would look like a total I clan mean, member if you were totally bald. I would think you look like a clan member if you show up with a hood on. Like, that makes you... Yeah, but don't you just stop What am I now. supposed to do? I'm bald. Like, I just... You have that look to you. A fat white guy who's bald. No, Is there that are it? other white people who can pull it off. I'm just <laughs> saying that that's not something you could pull off. I don't think. No, I have, like, shaved it all the way down. It's too much maintenance. That's I don't know if people realize that's a lot of shaving. That is you got to do it every day. Yeah, oh yeah, to get the to get the cue ball look. Yeah, like I have the stubble going, and sometimes it gets a little longer. Then I have to shave it back down. But the the cue ball polished dome thing that's a whole nother level. Like of Stanley commitment. Tucci. Stanley Tucci is a white guy, but he can pull off the shaved head look without you looking at Stanley Tucci like oh he's going to burn a cross on somebody's lawn. But you're you, saying, I, I think you're people saying get the wrong impression. You would accuse me of it even though you know me and know I would never do right. something like that. I that's, know, I know, I've known you the, for years. That's bad. But I would just yell well, racist at you and run away. Well, I'm glad I don't shave my head all the way down then. Is it okay where it is now? Because well, I just want, now. Okay, good. I yeah, just want to make sure. like every other fat soccer-loving yes, guy. Good. Right I, now. Don't, <laughs> I don't want to give off any vibes that are not accurate. So, good. All right. A special thank you for consuming all the stupidity we can safely shove down your gullet. Come back for more podcasts. And again, the podcast is sponsored by our friends, because they pay us. Care, heating, and cooling. Call 1-800-COOLING when you need a company you can trust. Stop listening now. The podcast is over. Turn it off. Go do something. 